When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WBC. Sit in the morning show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The weather not as bad this morning as I thought it was going to be the last couple of days. They were calling for, I think, more precipitation, maybe some ice. And I have to tell you, I walked out uh, my apartment building this morning at about 440. And my man Gene, my cab slash limo driver, was waiting downstairs, as he always does. And a little bit of rain, nothing bad. It wasn't slippery. Now, as the day goes on, it's going to get worse Temperatures are going to plummet this weekend. Nine degrees uh, tomorrow night. Saturday morning is going to be brutal. And then my wife, Danielle, is running a half marathon, I think. I think on Sunday it's going to be about 17 degrees. It's idiotic. So the weather is going to be really brutal. When is my uh, first Palm Beach Breakers commercial coming up? But not all that bad this morning. In fact, uh, Christina drove in from New Jersey. No big uh, no big issues. Uh, right, Christina, the drive in from uh, that... Fancy neighborhood you live in by a Clark, New Jersey? I can't hear him. Um, not at all. Not, not at, all. at all. It was. It's actually warm. I think. Yes. Outside. Yes, I was uncomfortable wearing my uh, long Joseph Abood winter coat today. So, not uh, not horrible. If you're watching the show right now with WABCRadio.tv, WABCRadio.tv, you're going to notice two things. First of all, I look really good today, <laughs> wearing my uh, Joseph Abood brown jacket and my uh, tight, beautiful. Lewis Recart Skip Gambert shirt, and uh, I did go tanning yesterday too. So, uh, and had a great workout. So, but that's not the the important thing. I'm kind of kidding around with that. Uh, the important thing is, you notice I'm by myself, and that's because Bernard uh, is out today. He's out tomorrow. He'll be back on Monday. That's the bad news. He did uh, text me last night. We did speak just a little, and uh, as I often do on this show, I read you folks. The text messages that he sends me, they're not all that personal. The real personal stuff I don't read to you. <laughs> but the stuff I think uh, is worth sharing with the audience I do. This came at 10.40 p.m. last night. Of course, I was asleep by that point. He said, my bro, with two heart emojis. Two heart emojis. How about that, Justin? Wow. Two hearts. I know. Last time, he only sent me one heart. So Bernie and House now doubled you in the, uh, the love category. He says, I'm in Sloan Kettering, outpatient housing for the third and final round of chemo. Good news is it's kicking the cancer's ass. 
Not so good is it's taking further toll on my strength, etc. And if you saw Bernie on this show on Tuesday, and I spent all day with him, he um, he's beat up. He's he's you know in a month, it's uh, it's a huge difference. So the chemo, while helping him in the long term, thank God, is uh, beating the hell out of him in the short term. Next chemo will be in a month. Be back with you Monday. This too shall pass. Miss and love you, Bernard. So that is the latest. He did get chemo on Wednesday and Thursday. He'll be back in that chair right there, right there, Gabby Lopez, manning the controls, as always, coming up on Monday. And uh, better days ahead, hopefully, for my partner and, most importantly, dear, dear friend and brother, Bernard McGurk. But we got a great show today. Dr. Mark Siegel coming up at 740 this morning. Fox News talking about the latest with COVID. It is a Thursday. What does that mean? If it's Thursday, what does that mean, Justin? Bill O'Reilly. That's right. Bill O'Reilly is going to stop by at 840. And what a perfect day for Bill O'Reilly. You know, his he started his action early last night on his website because of the Joe Biden press conference. Now, we know Joe Biden had a speech, Georgia, a couple of weeks ago. But that was the first press conference by Joe Biden in months, in months. Bill O'Reilly will have a ton of opinions on that coming up at 840. And then... As if that's not enough, coming up at 925, one of the stars of Newsmax and a guy that, of course, worked very closely early in Donald Trump's presidency with Donald, Sean Spicer, will be on. In fact, I texted Sean last night. It was 650. And if you don't know, Sean Spicer and this uh, really cute girl, Lindsay Keith, they do a show together on Newsmax before Greg Kelly, 6 to 7 every weeknight. And I watch both those shows. And I was watching Sean, and I texted him. I said, hey, Seanie. Come on with me tomorrow talk about this Biden speech. That's what you want to call it. He said, sure. I said, um, he said, I've got carpool in the morning. I said, great. Are you available in the 7 and or 9 o'clock hour? He said, yes, 9 o'clock hour better. I said, good, 925. Can you confirm? And I heard nothing for a couple of minutes. Now I'm watching him on television. I know he's on live TV. He comes back at the commercial break. He goes, Sid, I'm on live television. I'm like, Sean. Buddy, I know I'm watching you. I get it. Is 925 good? He goes, yes, talk in the morning. <laughs> so he was actually texting me during the show. So today we get Dr. Mark Siegel, Bill O'Reilly, and Sean Spicer for starters. And, of course, I've got my all-star team here in studio. Well, it's an all-star team when Bernie's here, obviously. He'll be back on Monday. But Justin Ellick is always behind the glass. We've got Pastina Christina today, the lovely one herself behind the glass We've got uh, Mike D, uh, Mike Garcia, the voice of Garcia. He's here this morning. Frankie Diaz with an E. Of course, Deb Valentine. Who am I missing? Who's sitting next to Christina? Who is that? I can't see. Pete is back today. Oh, Pete's back. How you doing, Pete? Hey, how about you? Don't worry about it. You know, when you say how about you, uh, and let's be completely honest, you don't care. It's the most insincere. You just you feel like you got to say something, so you're like, all right, how about you? But you don't really care, do you? Oh, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good kid, Pete. So we got a good uh, crew here today in Bernie's stead, and we'll put on, uh, like I said, it'll be a great show. Now, we've got to get to this press conference from yesterday, watching the President of the United States. And I don't know about you, but when I watch the President, I'm looking for not only leadership, but I'm looking for uh, tough. Maybe it's my Brooklyn upbringing, I don't know, but... I want my president to be tough. Now, I was critical of Donald Trump along the way, unlike most Trump supporters. And I understand why they're not. I've been over this with Bernie a thousand times. He got crapped on for so long and still does. Still does. He's out of office over a year that they just can't, they just can't do it to. 
There are times when Bernie knows Trump screwed up. He knows it. But he refuses to be publicly critical because he says that's what the left does. I get it. But I can't do that. I got to be honest in my appraisal. And Donald Trump has screwed up, but not not in a, a big way, not in an important fashion. And he was a great president. And if you don't think he was a great president, all you got to do is watch what's happening right now. You know, if, if Trump left office and you were like, and I was kind of like this, you know what? He was great, but I'm tired. It's too much. It's every day. You know what? I, I'm not going to mind somebody coming into office who's who's going to just lower the temperature. That was the, uh, the quote we kept hearing. And I was okay with that because, like Trump or not, it was crazy every day. People at each other's throats, Republicans, Democrats. It was nuts. But I got to tell you, man, watching this guy operate, I have never been more convinced in my life that Donald Trump was not just a good, great, but such an effective, real leader in that position. And yesterday really drove it home again. It was bad enough, the speech in Georgia last Wednesday, where Biden really, really fell apart. And most people would agree that that was kind of the end of his presidency. Yesterday may have been worse. Yesterday may have been worse. And he did exactly what I told you he was going to do. Right, Justin? Did I not say time and time again yesterday to Peter King and all of our guests, he's going to try to take credit for stuff that doesn't exist, and whatever is going wrong, he's going to blame Donald Trump. Not that I'm a a genius. That's easy to predict. But did I or did I not say that's what he would do, and is that what he did? Yes, you did say that, and yes, that is what he did. Exactly what he did. But yet, uh, as I said, too, he still tried to sell us a bill of goods. Some things are uh, actually going well, that he's doing he's doing some stuff good these days. I can't figure it out, but here is Joe Biden. This is Biden, one, trying to convince the American public things are actually pretty good. There's a lot of talk about disappointments and things we haven't gotten done. We're going to get a lot of them done, I might add. Yeah, I guess. Things that haven't been done, but a lot of good stuff has gotten done. Now, the conventional wisdom is Joe Biden is not going to run again in 2024. The Democrats will need somebody else to go up against Donald Trump, whether it's Hillary Clinton. She'll probably gonna, she's probably going to run. Maybe they convince Michelle Obama, which I'd rather not happen as a Trump supporter. Uh, but it ain't going to be Joe Biden. He's going to be 82 years old and one year in, not even 79. He is a complete mess, physically uh, cognitively, he's a complete mess. He doesn't have another seven years of this job in him, even if, even if he was able to convince voters to do this one more time. But yet, he's still talking about his 2024 ticket, and he's talking about Kamala Harris. Now, I've said this. Joe Biden is the worst president in my lifetime. It took him one year to go past Jimmy Carter, who in my 54 years was the worst president I've ever seen. He was just a, a, a complete Mess, And when you think about it, a lot of the Carter problems back in 1979 exist today. Gas prices, the uh, the inflation, you know, the way the rest of the world felt about us with the hostages in Iran, of course. Talking about boycotting the Olympics in Russia. We've got the China Olympics coming up here in February. A lot of the same situations took place in 1979 that we've got going on right now. A lot of similarities between Carter and Biden. But Biden is still talking about running in 2024 And his running mate, Kamala Harris, who, if Biden is the worst president ever, and I think he is, Kamala Harris is the worst vice president ever. But he still talked yesterday about a Biden-Harris ticket in 2024. You put Vice President Harris in charge of voting rights. Are you satisfied with her work 
on this issue? And can you guarantee, do you commit that she will be your running mate in 2024, provided that you run again? Yes and yes. Okay. You don't care to expand? Pardon me? Do you care to expand? <laughs> no, there's no need to. I mean, I asked the question. He, she's going to be my running mate, number one. And number two, I did put her in charge. I think she's doing a good job. Good job. What has she done? See, that's we need to go to the next question. Okay. You think she's doing a good job. Give us one example of how she's doing a good job. What has she done at the border, for example? The one major job that she's supposed to do. What has she done at the border that speaks to she's done a good job, but there was no follow-up. He just said, she's done a good job. She'll be my running mate. Well, thank God Donald Trump actually surfaced again yesterday right here on WABC Radio with Mark Levin, who's on every weeknight at 6 o'clock after John Katsimatidi's great Catch at Night show. And here's what Trump had to say about Joe Biden. And Joe Biden said he's had enormous progress during his presidency. I don't see it that way. Do you? Well, progress in destroying our country, yes. I think that's been tremendous. Uh, He also said something that I assume was a mistake, but he said he expects Putin to go in. He said... Uh, I expect him to go in, to go into Ukraine. And I thought that was a very unusual answer. I don't know if he knew what he was saying, because it was he said that as part of another question. And he was a little confused. The whole thing was just so horrible. But you look at the border with millions of people coming in. You look at inflation. You look at no more energy independence. No, it's uh, we have a much different country than we had a year ago. Donald Trump, Mark Levin, courtesy of our own station, WABC. The one thing he's done well is destroy the country. <laughs> there is some validity to that. The other major story, I've got a lot more sound from Biden's press conference yesterday. And at one point today, at one point today, I'm going to compare the way Biden spoke about Putin, Russia, the Ukraine yesterday. Really feckless, really weak. I mean, really weak. I'm going to compare that to how Donald Trump spoke about North Korea, Russia, the Taliban. And you're going to hear a stark contrast in the two and why one guy, Trump, was a leader and this guy, Biden, is a buffoon. But the other big story yesterday was the voting rights bill was shot down in the Senate because it's very simple, folks. The filibuster needs to be there. Without that, there are no checks and balances. And basically, you live in a dictatorship, right? Without the filibuster, you can't go back and forth. You live in a dictatorship. Joe Manchin, who's become the hero for the Republicans, the Democrat out of West Virginia, just like the Build Back Broke deal, once again came up big with this voting rights bill. And Manchin spoke yesterday after the bill was denied. So we've done everything along the lines of with the rules. And I don't know why we can't come together and find a pathway forward. But breaking the rules, there's no checks and balances in this process. Only for the only thing we have is a filibuster. And they think if you have a situation we have right now, where you have the executive branch of government and you have Congress, the House and the Senate, they're all the same. And there's no check and balance because basically you just sweep right through. And the same thing could happen if Republicans had everything. And I just the only thing I've ever said was this. The majority of my of my colleagues in the caucus, Democrat caucus, they've changed. They've changed their mind. I respect that. You have a right to change your mind. I haven't. I hope they respect that, too. Thank I've you, Joe Manchin. My mind on All right. Thank you. Two stories I will not cover today. The Supreme Court rejects Trump's request to withhold White House documents from January 6th Select Committee. I will not cover anything 
with or without Bernie, that deals with January 6th. I want that day to go away. It's complete nonsense. The other thing I will not cover today is Letitia James and this witch hunt to take down the Trump family. She claims she's got uh, overwhelming evidence of fraud, that the Trump family hid billions in assets, and she wants his ass on the fire. I don't care. Letitia James, we've got a lot bigger problems here in New York, a lot bigger problems. We've got a DA in Manhattan who lets criminals run wild. We've got a mayor who flip-flops like Mike Francesa and Joe Biden. And you're worried about the Donald Trump family? You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Those two stories I will not cover today. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Again, big guest list today. Dr. Mark Siegel, Bill O'Reilly, and Sean Spicer. Lydia reports, beat Sid. The whole crew is here and plenty of phone calls. Plus, sports, entertainment, everything you need to know. This is the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Bernie's back on Monday. I'm Sid. I got you the rest of the morning. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. At 5, it's Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. Now, a better way to start your day. The WABC Early News. Weekdays at 5 a.m. We've got an hour built just for you. An hour of news. Traffic on the 7s. Sports at 15 and 45. Business reports. Weather and the newsmakers. The information you need to start your day. From the station you trust. The WABC Early News. 5 a.m. weekday mornings on 77 WABC. Stay entertained and informed now with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Then tonight, it's the great one. Mark Levin at 6. This is the great scandal. On 77 WABC. I get the letters out. Six twenty-six on your Thursday morning. Let me go to the phones early, only because some lady is saying something nice about me. I'm so shallow; it's pathetic. Here is uh, Carol in Yonkers. Carol, good morning, sweetheart. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Now, don't let this make your head be too big, but I did get up to hear you today. You did. And do you, do you ordinarily not do that? Is, is is today different than most days? Yes. I've had the COVID, and I'm a long COVID, oh. so oh this my is God. the first morning I've been up um, since November 17th. Really. Oh, my I've God. Been in. Wow. Yeah, it's terrible, but it's getting better. I think, you know, it's getting better. But I called to say I listened yesterday and today, I, half of yesterday, but you're alone. You're doing such a great job. Now, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not, you know. You're doing such a professional, great job. You're there alone. It must be stressful. But with such grace, humor, 
and professionalism. It's just amazing. Oh That's God. all I had to say. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from saying it. Well, you just made course. my whole day. I love you. I do. I love you. Thank you for saying that. And uh, it's very, very nice. And I have to say again, at the risk of sounding repetitive and maybe even arrogant, when you go to my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, or my Facebook page, uh, messages like that loaded with them, loaded with them. I don't think uh, folks out there, and you know this, Justin, I don't think folks out there realized or even cared and knew how close me and Bernie have been for the better part of 25 years. Um, and I also don't think that uh, people, well, at least there is, there is a, a very, very small minority, one for every 1,000, that hates me, right? So they just hate me. It doesn't matter what I do. It's kind of like Trump. Remember when we used to say, if Trump found the cure for cancer, they'd yell, well, he's putting doctors out of work. They'd find a way to get angry, you know. And uh, one out of every 1,000 will never give me credit. We all know I'm great at this. You think it's that small, one out of every 1,000? Maybe one out of every 100, dickface. Yeah, I would yeah. yeah. Bernie's the first to say it. Um, you know, I read that text just a couple of days ago when he said, it's an honor to work with you, so you, 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 this is what you do. So... I get a lot of that every day, and I appreciate it. But um, at the end of the day, I'd much rather have my guy sitting next to me on my left, and he's going to be back uh, on Monday. We know that. All right, so we played some of the press conference from Biden yesterday, and I do want to get to the point where I can compare the way Biden spoke about Putin and Russia yesterday to the way Donald Trump spoke about our adversaries, and the difference is stark. One guy comes off. And I know it's a tough word at 629 in the morning. One guy's a pussy, and one guy is, um, I wouldn't mess with that guy after five shots in the bar. Now, you get to choose which one I'm talking about. But Joe Biden yesterday was so weak, it was just pathetic to watch. So I do want to play some audio that will really highlight the difference in the two. But let's get to some of the meat from yesterday's press conference, where Biden just lies up and down. Here's one for you. Did some homework yesterday, and, and uh, Justin did a very good job this morning. So Biden talked yesterday about Georgia, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Georgia. He said that if you don't vote for the voting rights bill, which, by the way, is, is off the table. The Senate uh, declined it yesterday. If you don't do that, then you're basically, well, you're lining up with Jefferson Davis and Connor and all these horrible people. And then when Welker yesterday asked him about that, he denied he ever even said it. Lie number one by Joe Biden yesterday. Here was Welker and him at the press conference. People heard the speech that you gave on voting rights in Georgia recently, in which you described those who are opposed to you to George Wallace and Jefferson Davis, and some people took exception to that. What do you say to those who were offended by your speech, and is this country more unified than it was when you first took office? Number one. Anybody who listened to the speech, I did not say that they were going to be a George Wallace or yes, a yes, Paul Connor. I said we're going to have a decision in history that is going to be marked just like it was then. You either voted on the side that didn't make you George Wallace or didn't make you Paul Connor. But if you did not vote for the Voting Rights Act back then, you were voting with those who agreed with Connor, those who agreed with with and and so. And I, I think Mitch did a real good job of making it sound like I was attacking them. All right. So Biden says, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. So 
you know, whether it's Eric Adams who says one day that crime on the subway is a perception, and then he goes, I'm scared to take the subway. Whether it's Mike Brancesa who says Georgetown will never hire Patrick Ewing and then says, I never said that. The problem is with all these guys, we've got audio. We've got audio. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. So Biden says, I never said it. Let's take a walk down memory lane, go back to Georgia a couple of weeks ago, and oh, yeah, he said it. The consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Wallace. Do you want to be in the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Connor. Do you want to be in the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? Davis. This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. All right, so there you have it. Uh, He said it. He mentioned all three guys. I've gotten 9,000 messages this morning since Frank Morano has has left the office about breaking news, breaking, breaking news. Wins, uh, did they get to this yet, or CBS? I don't know, but we do have breaking news because Frank Morano, of course, is a Staten Island native, and he's on his way back home. And it looks like uh, there's been a cop that has been shot. Uh, let's break the news right here. Where's that sounder? We got that sounder? Breaking news. WABC. Thank you for that. Let's go to Frankie Diaz with an E over at our news desk, and he's got the latest. Thank you to Frank Morano on this breaking, tragic story. Frank? Hey, Sid. Well, a police officer and a suspect were shot on Staten Island early this morning. It just happened right after 6 a.m. on Rockney Street. He was taken to Staten Island University Hospital North with, with what appears to be a non-life-threatening injury. The suspect currently is in unknown condition. Unknown condition? Yes. So they may have killed this guy. We don't know. We, we don't know. Exactly. But the cop is going to survive. Yes. All right. Excellent job by Frank Morano, Matt Meany, Lydia Serrani, Frank, the whole news crew. That is the latest on what's going on in Staten Island. When we've got more news on the condition of either person, we will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for that. Folks, traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Man, I love this lady. I used to do that sports show on Sundays and come in and just flirt with her for an hour. She was great. Judge Janine, her Tunnel to Tower show every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Here, Judge Janine repeats her pre-election claim about Biden being a Trojan horse. Every promise he's made, he's broken. And one wonders, does he not remember what he said, what he promised? Or is he just stupid? My answer from before the election I told you he was a Trojan horse. And Joe Biden is indeed that Trojan horse, or more colloquially, an empty suit. He lied his way into the presidency and has been lying ever since. Instead of being a moderate, he's an angry progressive seeking to divide us at every turn. Couldn't agree more. Judge Janine, every Sunday morning at 11, part of that great Sunday lineup with voices like the Reverend the Rabbi, John Katsimatidis, Rudy Giuliani, and a host of others. All right, it is 6.34 on this Thursday morning. The weather's not great, not as bad as you thought it was going to be. But I would imagine there are still some traffic issues. Here's our traffic guy. He's great at this. By the way, my cabby limo driver, Gene, thinks you're great. And that is Luke Lograno. Well, so, I, I have the stamp of approval from Gene now. Yes, that's a big deal. That's a huge yeah. deal. So. I don't care if uh, Howard Stern or uh, whoever likes you. If Gene likes you, that's a big deal for me, so... 
But that's, that, thank you so much, Jay. Thank you to you, Sid, as well. Let's get started out in Long Island. We've got an accident involving the guardrail on the Sunrise Highway westbound near Fifth Avenue. We're also seeing many different pockets of heavy congestion from exit 62 all the way to exit 35. Traffic is stopped on the BQE eastbound between exit 24 and 28 right now and the FDR southbound near 2nd Avenue. 15-minute delays inbound on the Holland-Lincoln tunnels and upper level of the George Washington. Only about a five-minute delay at the lower level. Authorities have cleared the delays for northbound A&E trains that were affecting a lot of this morning, and alternate side parking rules are suspended, but meter rules are in effect. With traffic, I'm Luke Legrano for Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Not Sid, but your boy Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports updates. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. We begin in the nation's capital where the Nets outlasted the Washington Wizards last night by a score of 119-118. to 118. With the Nets on the road and Kevin Durant still sidelined, point guard Kyrie Irving had a chance to show his worth once again. Irving scored 22 of his 30 points in the first half for Brooklyn, which proved to help the Nets gain enough breathing room to hold off a second-half surge from the Wizards. Brooklyn will head to San Antonio today for their matchup with the Spurs tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Quick check on the Knicks, who were off last night. They'll welcome the New Orleans Pelicans to the Garden tonight for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time date. Now for some ice hockey, as just the Blue Shirts were in action last night, they pounded a good Toronto Maple Leafs team into the ice at MSG by a score of 6-3. Ryan Reeves and Adam Fox both netted a pair for the Rangers as they'll head to Carolina, happy for their matchup tomorrow night with the Hurricanes. Islanders and Devils were both off last night but are set to return to action in the very near future. The Islanders will welcome the Phoenix Coyotes to Long Island tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And the aforementioned Hurricanes will will pay the Devils a visit in New Jersey this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. With sports at bottom of the hour, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a deal near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Night's the night. Christina just said to me, um, I'm sure Rod Stewart played this song an awful lot when he was having sex. I'm like, with Mick Jagger especially. You didn't know that about Rod Stewart? 
God, you just don't want to believe it. Well, why don't you want to believe? Who cares? I saw Rod in concert. He was kicking those soccer balls. I'm a big fan, too. Yeah. And he was married to that uh, supermodel. What was her name again? Rachel. Rachel. Rachel Hunter. Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful girl. Yes. But he was like, I guess David Bowie was like that, too. Bowie was married to Iman or Iman and also had sex with Mick Jagger. So that's the thing. When you see when you're rock and roll star, Christina, it's kind of cool to do that. When you're bored up like Justin, it's kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? <laughs> I got a text from uh, my friend Janice Dean this morning. Janice used to work alongside me and Bernard on the I Miss in the Morning Show in the early 2000s. Now, of course, she's a major star, mostly meteorology, but does a lot of news and, of course, became the face of the anti-Andrew Cuomo movement when her both her in-laws died, both because of his murderous policies. She's on this show quite a bit, actually. Every time there's some type of weather issue, I bring Janice on. And this is very nice. You guys know, of course, I'm uh, finishing up my second book, Johnny Russo, who wrote Andrew, uh, Andrew Anthony Cumia's book, Ron Johnson's books. He wrote uh, my book this time around. It's my second book, my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly. You can still buy on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com for about the slice of uh, about the price of a slice of pizza. I'm not even kidding you. But it's still out there. It's a good book. It was written back in 2010. Paul Schwartz, who covers the New York football giants on a daily basis for the New York Post, actually wrote the book with me. I was down in Florida. I would have uh, hour-long conversations with Paul twice a week. He's on Long Island. And the book came out in 2010 and did pretty well. Uh, now, of course, 12 years later, Citizens United should be out around July 4th this year. Uh, that was a Triumph book. Triumph is the biggest sports publisher in the country out of Chicago. This new book coming out is uh, my friend Anthony Zaccardi and Ian Kleiner and all the guys at Post Hill Press, which is Simon & Schuster. It's a much bigger deal. And uh, the book is going to be great. And like I said, it's just about done. Now I'm, I'm just adding a couple of more names. All you guys are in the book, Justin and Luke and Christina. You're all in the book. Took some names out over the last couple of months. Yes, Mike, you're in the book too. Um, but Janice Dean is writing a book. And I believe, like me, it's her second book as well. She sent this to me this morning at exactly 5.55 a.m. before she did weather on Fox News. And she said, hi, my love. I'm writing a new book about David and Goliath stories. I'm looking to interview someone that has struggled with addiction. Now, remember the story you told about how you hit rock bottom and had to move back to Florida with your family. Would you be willing to do an interview for the chapter in the book with me about how you overcame that? If not, I totally understand. I love you so much and admire you. All you've been through, you're a real hero. XO, 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 Janistine. Oh, none of that is true. It's nonsense. But, um, but I, I mean, some of it is true. I did go through all those times and... On record, talking about the story in Cleveland, of course, when I uh, I had spent uh, the weekend uh, binging after I really got hired to do a an MMA event in like a cage match at Cleveland State University. You want to talk about depressing, snowy night, middle of February, freezing Cleveland, Cleveland State University. But my buddy John Cirillo got me the gig and it paid me 5000 Back then it was a decent amount of money back in 2003, I think. And uh, my job was to interview the fighters. Now, this was a celebrity night. So they had, like, uh, former NFL players that actually fought MMA. A guy named Gerard Bunch, who played for the Giants. A guy named uh, Michael Westbrook, who played for the Washington Redskins. Eric Butterbean S., you guys know him, he fought that night. So after every fight, I would go into the ring and interview these people. And then um, I was supposed to go home the next morning. Long story short, 
I hooked up with the the folks who ran the event, one of the girls who sang the national anthem, her two guy friends, and I'm like, hey, what do you do in a town like this when this thing is over? Where do you go? And they're like, well, there's a place called, um, it's called the uh, the Flats. And the Flats is a section in Cleveland where it's all bars and restaurants and all that type of thing. You know, it's like South Beach for Cleveland, except Cleveland is, you know, dark and cold. And I said, okay, are you guys going there to the fight? They said, sure. I said, could I grab a lift? They said, sure. That was Friday night. Sunday night, I came home. And uh, at one point on Saturday night, I walked out to the balcony of my hotel room on the 14th floor. And I was ready to jump. And I remember, I told this story many times. It's in my first book. I reached my hand into my pocket to grab this little bag of drugs. And instead, I had a keychain back then. It had my car key and my house key. And my daughter, Ava, who's now 17 on her way to college, it was a picture. She was one at the time. It was a picture of Ava, baby picture, on my keychain. And I went to take out the drugs. And instead, as only God would have it, I took out the keychain with my daughter's picture on it. And I'm right at the ledge of the 14th floor balcony. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, I, I've had enough. And I looked at the picture of my daughter, and I said, I can't do this to you. True story. And I went back inside and flew home the next day, admitted to my wife that I had just spent five or $6,000, all the money in the account, on drugs, uh, admitted to WFAN, Don Imus, Lee Davis, Mark Chernoff, that I needed help again, needed a second rehab stint, and I went away. I went away for 30 days. And the rest is history. You know, my career, it's, it's, it's out there. It's public. It's... Unfortunately, a lot of my personal stuff is public, too. But point being that uh, my daughter saved my life that night. These are some of the trials and tribulations. Now, of course, that was uh, that's on me. I don't blame anybody else for my drug addictions or some of the things that I did along the way. I don't. I'm completely accountable. I never got mad when I got suspended and or fired for stuff like that. But those are the types of stories, I guess, that do resonate with people. There's somebody out there driving right now, listening to me right now, going, I got to tell you, that's, uh, that's me. I haven't walked out to the 14th floor balcony yet, but i got to tell you, I'm really struggling. And I get stuff every week, every single week, my Instagram account, my Facebook account, my Twitter account. Sid, help me. I don't have the answers. I've fallen off this ladder a million times, a million times. But the one thing I have done, at least in my later years, is uh, been able to uh, rectify uh, situations. Uh, you know that every morning I'm going to be here. There's no longer a doubt about that. That was a doubt. I mean, you have to understand, folks, I spent 11 years down in Miami. Every program director in New York wanted me here. They knew I was good. They knew I'd generate revenue. They wanted me back, but they just didn't trust me. And they were right. They were exactly right. That's not an issue anymore. Nobody has to worry about whether I'm going to be here. In fact, nobody works harder than me. Nobody. Nobody. So the good news is, is before my father died two years ago in July, he got a chance to see that side of me. Somebody who's accountable, somebody who shows up, somebody who, for the most part, does the right thing. Perfect? No. Not even close. Not even close. Never will be. And if I ever become perfect, I'll lose all of the character and personality that makes me the character I am on the radio today. I really believe that. I really believe they go hand in hand. Um, So I'm not perfect. But I've been able to control uh, the demons that for the better part of 25 years, tried really, really hard to destroy me and came very close to doing it, especially that one night 
in Cleveland. So I appreciate Janice Dean reaching out to me. I am honored and more than happy to do the chapter. And now I have an opportunity to be in two books coming out this summer. How about that, Justin Ellick? How about that? Hey, now! You're See, you're not going to get a lot of radio hosts that will tell you all that stuff. See, I know a lot of guys that struggle with all kinds of addictions. In sports, they're all gambling degenerates, all of them, as I've been. Uh, a lot of guys that, that pop pills, a lot of them, they'll never talk about this stuff. You will think they live the perfect life living in their mansions all over New York and Miami. You would think they live the perfect life. I know better. The difference is with me, I come on, I tell you this stuff. Not so you can go on Facebook and say, I told you that guy was a degenerate. Not because of that. Because hopefully somebody out there this morning who's looking for a little shot in the arm, who's looking to hear somebody say, I did this, so can you. Hopefully that person heard this, heard this, and today feels better about their future. And that's why I do it. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Three big guests, Lydia Reports, Beach Sid, all that good stuff, and more of Joe Biden's disaster, his press conference yesterday, all this on the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. At 5, it's Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. Joe Biden, weak, feckless, that press conference yesterday. We thought it couldn't get worse after what we saw in Georgia a couple of weeks ago. But it got worse. (laughs) It got worse. We played a little bit early on where he was actually taking credit at the top of the show. Says he's getting things done and more will get done. And he says at the age of 82 in 2024, he will run again. And Kamala Harris, who, according to him, is doing a good job, <laughs> doing a good job, will once again be his running mate. I, I mean, folks, that 37 percent that thinks Joe Biden is doing a good job. You people scare me more than Joe Biden. I just can't figure it out. What am I missing? So he goes on to talk about some of the issues that are going on in the country today. And um, this is where he really loses you. (laughs) So let's start with the COVID, right? Uh, Let's start with that. This is uh, Joe Biden, too. He thinks that's what's behind most of the country's worries. For all this progress, I know there's a lot of frustration and fatigue in this country. And we know why. COVID-19, Omicron has now been challenging 
us in a way that uh, it's the new enemy. Omicron is the new enemy. Omicron. Basically, just go out, get yourself a box of uh, Kleenex, because you may sneeze once or twice, you know, and um, take a Tylenol or two, and you'll be fine. The new enemy is still the old enemy, you moron. Like, oh, I don't know, like the guy that went into a synagogue in Texas with a gun a couple days ago. That's the enemy, not Omicron, right? Not white supremacy that doesn't exist in this country. That's not the enemy. Then he goes on, uh, Mr. Uh, Biden, to talk about the supply chain. And he says, what are you guys upset about? It's almost 90% full. The share of goods in stock at stores is 89% now. Oh, 89. barely changed from the 91% before the pandemic. Oh. I often see empty shelves being shown on television. Hmm. 89% are full. Oh, 89%. Which is only a few points below what it was before the pandemic. Right. So what are you getting But our work's not done. Right. right. Work's not done. So, you know, he's had a couple of bills the last couple of weeks, which he wanted to pass, and neither did. The bill back broke bill dead. Dead on arrival, as Howard Cosell once said about John Lennon. And the second bill that died yesterday was this ridiculous voting rights bill, which would eliminate the filibuster, which is the only thing that keeps the checks and balances going in the Senate. So clearly his colleagues in Washington are not about his policies. And if his approval rating is 37 percent, the American public are not about his policies yet, 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 yet. That did not stop. Biden from saying this. This is Biden five. American people overwhelmingly agree with me on prescription drugs. Oh, they do. They overwhelmingly agree with me on the cost of education. Oh, they overwhelmingly agree with me on early education. Okay. They overwhelmingly go on the list on on, on child care. Uh-huh. So they overwhelmingly agree on those things. I'm sorry. I thought he meant all of his policies. And he may be right about some of those things. The truth is, I don't know where he stands on a lot of this stuff. So I can't tell you if I agree or not. Because he never seems to be able to really articulate what the hell he's talking about. It's a mess. Here's Steve in Wet Bank, New Jersey, online one. Good morning, Stephen. Hey, good morning, Sid. Thank you very much for taking my call. You got it. Hey, I'm uh, about ready to head into the gym, uh, work out with my Russian uh, Sergey and his wife, Lana, at the underground gym in Red Bank. But anyway, uh, Biden, the only difference between Biden and Carter, first of all, Carter still has a lot more, makes a lot more sense at 95 than Biden does. That's true. All Biden's movements are self-inflicted. You know, he, he, he caused the gas price crisis. He caused the border price crisis. You know, you know, Carter was in a bad, bad position and, and made a lot of bad decisions also. Secondly, and firstly, uh, first, my condolences to, uh, to Bernie and to you uh, for your losses recently, uh, tragedy. And uh, Bernie, I give him a lot of hope, prayers, and strength. You know, for, for myself, 11 years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I've been through four biopsies, seven MRIs, so I know it's a battle, but I know that he can get through it. Um, I would suggest for him and, you know, hope that he finds a, a support group. I uh, actually run a support group that meets on Thursday nights online. So he's more than invited to join it. I can pass on the information or, uh, sure. you know, a lot of us have been studying it. There's a lot of uh, it's a lot has changed in the 11 years since I was diagnosed. Well, we'll, and, put, uh, you, we'll put you on hold, Steve, and we appreciate the offer. Maybe Bernie will take advantage of that. I know that he's having a little bit of a tough time. It's depressing. Uh, him and I talk uh, often. We get a lot of laughs in and kid around, but it's not a joke, obviously. So, uh, Pete, take his uh, information on this online thing on Thursday nights, and I'll pass it along to Bernard, a lot done in that first hour, a lot done, and a lot more to do, including this hour from Fox News, talking about the COVID, always a great guest, Dr. Mark Siegel, Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 8.40 in the 8 o'clock hour, then we'll talk to Newsmax's Sean Spicer, 
coming up at 9.25 in the 9 o'clock hour. Lydia Serrani, Lydia reports at 8.25. Beat Sid coming up at 9.40. Justin Ellick behind the glass. Christina's here. Peter is here. Luke Lograno doing traffic. Deb Valentine on the news. Mike Garcia, we got the whole crew. Thursday morning, Bernie and Sid. Bernie will be back on Monday, but I got you. One quarter of the way through, more right after this. Entertained and informed now with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Oh no, I see a spider web is tangled up with me, and I lost my head and thought of all the stupid things I'd said. Seven oh five here on your Thursday morning. I went over two of the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Bernie will be back on Monday. He did uh, go through chemo on Wednesday. He texted me another beautiful text last night. He's tired, and uh, his body's been going through an awful lot. So he'll take the next two days off, and we'll get Bernie back in studio, hopefully feeling much, much better on uh, on Monday. That's Coldplay trouble as we start hour number two. So that press conference yesterday, the Joe Biden press conference, lasted about two hours. It was a marathon. I was in the gym for most of it. I sat down. I watched it. I got up. I did a set. I sat down. I watched it. And it was very, very tough to watch. Very, very tough to watch. Again, weak. He really can't get through a uh, a point without uh, losing his train of thought. I can't tell you how many times yesterday he started talking about something and then just trailed off. It was gone. It was over. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing? But listen, maybe I'm biased. In fact, there was a caller last night who called Frank Morano. And I always find a way to include Frank Morano on this show because I think he's great. And it's not because he ranked me as the number one host at the station last week. That would be very shallow of me to do that. Although it has a lot to do with it. I'm not going to lie to you. But he, um, oftentimes, his callers or Frank, they talk about me and Bernard. And last night was no, no different. So, yes, I'm biased. Bernie is certainly biased. We like Donald Trump and or love Donald Trump. We don't like this guy. And I guess we haven't fooled everybody. Here's Morano's show from last night. Yeah, I like Washington Journal. Um, and I like, oh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't have thought so. Well, how come? How come? I, I, lo- they, uh, they, I, I thought you'd find it dry and you listen to uh, those two jokers on ABC in the morning. Well, they're not uh, jokers. They're entertainers. Well, okay. Thank you, Frank. We're entertainers. See, Frank gets it. That moron who called us jokers doesn't because he thinks we're biased. And we may very well be biased. But as I've tried to explain to you guys time and time again, I am not here to wave the pom-poms for Donald Trump. Luckily for you guys, I love him. And I voted for him enthusiastically in 2020, and we'll vote for him again in 2024. But if I didn't like him, 2016, I didn't. I voted against him. I would come on every morning and kick his ass with zero remorse. I don't care whether you guys are happy or mad about who I'm voting for or who I like. To that guy's point, it just so happens I'm in agreement with most of our listening audience, which is basically one big Trump jerk circle. That's all it is. One big Trump jerk circle. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys watched this yesterday and saw something I didn't see because I am biased. And Biden did a good job. I want to hear from you. 
WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I also want to point out this segment. When Biden talked specifically about Putin and Russia yesterday, it was weak. It was not intimidating. It wasn't tough. Putin's a tough guy, right? He's a tough guy. He'll kill you right in front of your family. He doesn't care, okay? And you may hate that about him. It's not pretty, but that is how you lead. I remember Chance Palminteri in the movie of Bronxdale. Is it better to be loved or feared? Trust me, feared. Trust me. Love, people take advantage of that all the time. Fear? <laughs> I ain't messing with that. Putin instills fear. Biden, I don't know what he instills. Not love, not fear. Uh, confusion, I think is what Biden instills. Uh, Trump, when he ran this country, he absolutely instilled fear in the countries that we would consider, well, not our friends. And I've got audio which really, really depicts the difference between Biden and the way he talks about our quote-unquote enemies or frenemies and Trump and the way he talked about them. And the difference is stark. And if you didn't love Trump before, you're going to love him now. But first, I do want to get the opinion from my crew on Biden's performance yesterday, starting with uh, Justin Ellick. Justin, you watched some of that mess yesterday. I shouldn't say that. That's a leading thing. Uh, you watched Joe Biden yesterday. What would you think? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, as as a young American, I, I found myself being like personally offended that they keep peddling the same stuff over and over. And you over were offended? Again. Yeah, I mean, they think we're stupid, apparently. Right. Because they think, you know, oh, okay, I said this two weeks ago. Now I'll say the same thing in a little bit of a different way, and maybe it'll get past them. But, well, I mean, you're talking specifically about the voting rights thing. Yeah. Where, where two, two weeks ago in Georgia, he said, hey, if you don't vote for this, you're basically siding with Jefferson Davis and Wallace. Yeah. And then yesterday when Kristen Walker asked him about that, he denied he ever said that. We may as well just play both of those cuts because you specifically brought that up. So if you missed it, this was an, a lie. This was not a misconception. It wasn't a bad interpretation. This was a lie by Joe Biden yesterday. Play what he said yesterday first, and then what he said in Georgia two weeks ago where he was exposed yesterday afternoon. People heard the speech that you gave on voting rights in Georgia recently in which you described those who are opposed to you to George Wallace and Jefferson Davis, and some people took exception to that. What do you say to those who are offended by your speech and is this country more unified than it was when you first took office? Number one, anybody who listened to the speech, I did not say yes, that did. there were going to be a George Wallace yes, or a no, Paul Connor. I said we're going to have a decision in history that is going to be marked just like it was then. You either voted on the side that didn't make you George Wallace or didn't make you Bull Connor. But if you did not vote for the Voting Rights Act back then, you were voting with those who agreed with Connor, those who agreed with with. And, and so and huh? I, I think Mitch did a real good job what of making there? it sound like oh, yeah. I was right. attacking them. What happened there? OK, so he didn't say it. You got that? He didn't say it, right? Apparently not. Yeah. Play Georgia two weeks ago. The consequential moments in history. They present a choice. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King or, or George Wallace? Oh, Wallace. Do you want to be in the side of John Lewis or, or Bull Connor? Oh, Connor. Do you want to be in the side of Abraham Lincoln or, or Jefferson Davis? Davis. This is the moment to decide. Oh, there it is. So he absolutely def- said it. So that was lie number one from Joe Biden yesterday. Uh, two hours of lies and misconceptions and 
uh, really just uh, bad interpretations. And uh, like Justin said, treating the public were a bunch of morons. Christina, you uh, you delve into this stuff pretty heavily. You're a Fox News uh, advocate. You watch that uh, channel every night. You love it. What did you think of Biden yesterday? Okay, so anyone who actually voted for Biden who watched that press conference and walked away from it saying, you know, I'm happy. I'm really happy I voted for this guy. He's doing a great job. Is a liar. Is a liar. His, first of all, he was whispering and mumbling. He does do that. You know, the one thing about Donald Trump, uh, and he did this especially when he didn't read off of the monitor, when he just kind of did it on his own accord. He, uh, very forceful, loud and forceful and you know, sometimes people describe that as a bull in a china shop. To me, that's that's a leader. You're right. Joe Biden tends to whisper. And you know why he does that is because he loses his train of thought. He doesn't know exactly what to say next. So he thinks if he whispers, you're going to you may not miss something that he was supposed to say. You're right about that. Yeah, he's he's clearly very confused. I'm not even sure he's lying because I, I don't think he remembers what he says or what he's being told to say, obviously. That's what Bill O'Reilly contends. He contends that with him it's more of a of, a, uh, of an issue with what he remembers and doesn't remember than it is uh, being a liar. I don't agree. I think he lies. I think he knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. I think he's evil. So it is Bernie. But Bill O'Reilly does say what you just said. He says it happens uh, a lot with Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think he doesn't remember everything he says. I think he's very confused. Uh, he did say that he's outperformed his expectations, which uh, Ron Johnson said, I'm not quite sure what planet he's inhabiting, (laughs) that he thinks he's outperformed his expectations. I'm not sure if he really believes that, but it's a mess. It's bad. And and you know what, Sid, you say maybe we're biased, right, because we like Trump. Listen, I give credit where it's due. I used to watch Obama talk. I didn't like Obama, but the guy was a good talker. He almost convinced me half the time listening to his press conference. I'm not going to lie. No, me too. But this guy... Rough. Come on. Yeah. No, you're right. Obama was great. He was, uh, he still is. He's a wonderful speaker, and he can. He can convince you that what he's talking about is true. Then, of course, you step back and you take a look at uh, what happened, uh, how slow the economy moved, how the world was. I mean, there was ISIS attacks every week when Obama was in charge, and he never came out angry against the terrorists. It was always, please, please. Don't hold it against your Muslim neighbors. That's all he did was apologize for the Muslims. He was he was every bit as feckless as Joe Biden. The difference is, to your point, Christina, he spoke nicely, Eloquent. smart, yeah, eloquent. Yeah. He had the finesse. He did. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden. Not only does he not have the finesse, he's. I mean, he's losing his mind on national television, and we're all <laughs> just sitting here pretending like. I mean, really, are 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 we not noticing this? He just drifts off. He just drifts off into oblivion. It's it's scary. We just played it's a scary. cut right there. We did just that. What you're talking about, Christina. Now, I did uh, say that he's much like Obama in feckless. Uh, used the word feckless as describing their leadership, their foreign policy. So we know that Russia's about to invade Ukraine. A couple hundred thousand troops right there on the border right now. They're going to do it. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Putin is not intimidated by Biden, doesn't care about what Biden thinks. Yesterday, Anthony Blinken... I think one to the uh, was he in uh, the Ukraine or Russia? Where was the Secretary of State yesterday, Anthony Blinken? Uh, I think he was in Ukraine. I think he was, and uh, he spoke yesterday about uh, how we feel about the Ukrainians, as if it's going to matter. And here is another feckless guy, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State. In fact, President Biden asked me uh, to do so, and 
he really asked me to do so for, for three reasons. Um, first, to reaffirm uh, to you, uh, to uh, your colleagues, and to uh, all of our Ukrainian friends uh, the support that the United States has for Ukraine, and to affirm uh, yeah. that now, um, as ever, it is up to Ukrainians and no one else to decide their own future. Sure it is. Okay, those poor bastards, they can't help. But what are they going to do? What are they going to do against Putin and Russia? So Biden comes out yesterday, and you want to talk about the antithesis of tough, the antithesis of intimidating. Listen to Biden talk about Putin and Russia, and if he's going to be a bad boy, well, you don't want to know what's going to happen next. Do I think he'll test the West, test the United States and NATO as as, a Significantly as he can, yes, I think he will. But I think he'll pay a serious and dear price for it that he doesn't think now will cost him what it's going to cost him. Serious and dear price, cost him what it's going to cost him. That sounds scary to you. If I'm Putin, am I sitting there nervous? Because you know that say what you want about Donald Trump during his four years as president, Putin would never, ever even consider invading the Ukraine. He wouldn't even consider it. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it because the comments, you heard Biden there, that was nothing. Now, let me play that. Here's a contrast. Here's Donald Trump, for example. We know we lost 13 beautiful, young, courageous men and women in Afghanistan because of the pullout policy by Biden and the rest of his crew, which was also weak and awful. And it cost 13 brave Americans their lives Look how Donald Trump, well, listen, I should say, listen how Donald Trump talked to the folks in Afghanistan if, in fact, they were going to pull something smart with the United States. I called them off when I learned that they had killed a great American soldier from Puerto Rico and 11 other innocent people. They thought they would use this attack to show strength, but actually what they showed is unrelenting weakness. The last four days, we have hit our enemy harder than they have ever been hit before, and that will continue. And if for any reason they come back to our country, we will go wherever they are and use power the likes of which the United States has never used before. And I'm not even talking about nuclear power. They will never have seen anything like what will happen to them. That would scare me. I don't know. You know, Putin, he, you know, he's going to be really sad. You hear that? How about this? How about when Donald Trump also laid down the gauntlet with Rocket Man in North Korea? The United States has great strength and patience. But if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. The United States is ready, willing, and able. But hopefully, this will not be necessary. It is time for all nations to work together to isolate the Kim regime until it ceases its hostile behavior. How about that? We'll have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. I think Trump really put it in its best perspective weeks ago when Biden actually met with Putin. Remember that pathetic display? Trump found a way to make an NFL analogy about a guy that's about to host the Rams with the Buccaneers coming up on Sunday. At the time, he was talking about the quarterback of the Pats. He's now the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Here was Trump's analogy comparing Biden to what he was going up against. Now I see that Biden is going to be talking to Putin. 
And that's not a fair match. That's not that wouldn't have been a fair match in prime time. This is not a fair match for our country. And the election was rigged and it was stolen. And this is what we got. This is not a match that should even be allowed. This is take the New England Patriots playing your high school football team. <laughs> That's what you have right now. There you have it. The Pats taking on your high school football team. That is Biden versus Putin. And Biden did nothing, nothing yesterday to change that. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The phones are open. We'll talk to Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News, the latest with the Omicron coming up at 740. The great Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. And Newsmax's Sean Spicer coming up at 925. It's a big show. We've got it for you. Bernie back on Monday. You've got me, Sid, until 10 o'clock. Keep it right here. Stay entertained and informed now with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Tiger someday, still stuck in the 80s, 728 on your Thursday morning. A cavalcade of big-name guests, Dr. Mark Siegel, Bill O'Reilly, Sean Spicer, all set to stop by before Brian Kilmeade takes over at 10. Bernard is back on Monday. I read the text he sent me back in the 6 o'clock hour earlier. He um, went through another day of chemo on Wednesday. He's still very tired, doesn't feel 100%, but he will be back in the studios on Monday morning. Here's Carol. She's in New Jersey. Online one. Carol, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning, Sid. How are you? Um, You know, when you told your story about what happened in Cleveland, I started crying. I mean, um, it's an amazing story. It really is. And I want to give a shout-out to Bernie and his family, and I'm so glad that he's coming back on Monday. That speech yesterday was so ridiculous. I mean, there's no such thing as a minor incursion in my opinion an incursion is an incursion there's nothing minor about it right um and the other thing with biden is that i think he doesn't remember things but he also lies on top of that i think he lies when he doesn't remember what he says right i mean that's the thing when when you lie it becomes more difficult to remember the last time you Mm -hmm. actually lied (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you end up uh, lying on top of a lie. Thank you for those kind words, Carol. And I did share this story about my daughter, Ava, and what I went through in Cleveland because my friend Janice Dean over at Fox News is about to write her second book and wants to include me, which I think is terrific. Danny, I sound like Trump there for a second. Here's uh, Danny on Long Island online, too. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Good morning, my friend. First of all, prayers to Bernie. Um, not, uh, get well. Get, uh, get, take care of yourself, and hopefully we have a long uh, career on the radio. I miss him every day. Me too. Uh, 
my over as I sat yesterday with my Cam T watching that press conference, my overriding feeling was sadness because I'm sad for the man. He's so old he shouldn't be there. I'm sad for the country. I'm sad for the world. I was sad for everybody. But then I got outraged. Forget all his answers. The Newsweek reporter who got up and said, I am deeply humbled to be in your presence. I mean, I, he, I almost thought he was going to drop to his knees. <laughs> I laughed. I said, can you imagine that's what he said, the way they treated Trump for four years? And then he didn't even call on the Fox reporter from his safe list of people to call, which I'm pretty certain they, they knew the questions ahead of time. But he, Juicy was reduced to yelling out one answer, one question, and he moved on where the other people got up there and stood there for three, four minutes. I, yep. thought it was, I thought it wasn't a bad idea. They sat there for three or four minutes, an answer, a follow-up, another question. Well, I'll tell you, but you're right about that. Uh, Ducey always gets the short trip. There's no question about it. But you have to give Kirsten Welker. I mean, she is one of them. I mean, totally one of them. She hosts that terrible weekend show on NBC. The fact that she pressed Biden, she said, listen, you compared some of these folks who are against the voting, right, voting rights bill to Davis and to Connor. And to uh, uh, all these folks, she did press them on that. you got to give Kristen Welker some credit. Certainly did, and I give her credit. I'll leave with this thought, prayers to the police officer in Staten Island who was shot yeah. 25 minutes ago. That's the third police officer shot in the last uh, 72 hours in this city in New York. Keep voting for Democrats, and you're going to have no society left. God bless you, uh, Danny. His son is a cop, by the way, and he was. Danny's a great guy. Talking about Staten Island, one more quick call before we go to the clip of the day, sports and traffic. Frank's on Staten Island, line three. Good morning, Frank. How are you, buddy? Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I got you on speaker. No, you sound great. Go ahead. All right. First of all, um, the other day when you spoke about the funeral you went through, yep. my, my, my heart goes out to you and you. that family. Thank and you. also to uh, 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 Bernie, what he's going through. Uh, but Please don't think that you're biased about Trump or uh, Bernie or any of us, because this is a common sense radio station, which I listen to, starting with you, going all the way to Mark Levin. OK, I'm Thank tired you. of hearing Bernie, uh, uh, um, Biden this, Biden that. For four years during the Trump administration, all we heard the Wicked Witch of the West say is the American people need to know. Well, you know what, Nancy, the American people need to know who the hell is running this country. Because it isn't that senile idiot in the Oval Office. So what's your opinion? Who do you think's running this country? Well, I mean, you've got a collection of people. You've got AOC. She certainly plays a big role, her and the squad. You know, as uh, Biden talks about uh, a real issue in this country and that other idiot, Merrick Garland, being white supremacist, I would maintain and uh, really uh, emphasize that uh, anti-Semitism is a big issue. We just saw that uh, situation in Texas over the weekend, right, and AOC and all of our friends are anti-Semites. And I think that uh, Barack Obama really has a heavy hand in what Biden does every day as well. It ain't Biden, that much I can tell you. Any one of those folks have more power than Joe Biden daily in Washington, D.C. Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Judge Deneen Tunnel to Towers show every Sunday morning at 11. She's great here. Judge Deneen repeats her pre-election claim about Biden being a Trojan horse.
walked on the beach beside that old hotel. They're tearing it down now, but it's just as well. I haven't shown you everything a man can do. So stay with me, baby. I got plans for you. This is the time to remember. Billy Joel, this is the time. The actual time is 7.43 on your Thursday morning. We've had a great show. Played an awful lot of that Joe Biden press conference from yesterday. I did a nice little contrast segment, last segment, contrasting Joe Biden with Donald Trump. Boy, what a big difference that is. A couple of great guests about to come your way. Newsmax's Sean Spicer, Bill O'Reilly. No Bernard today. Bernie back on Monday. He did go through chemo on Wednesday. He texted me about 11 o'clock last night. He doesn't feel well, but he's optimistic that the chemo is going to work. And uh, he'll go for chemo once a month. So he'll be back on Monday. And then for about three weeks, he'll be good, hopefully. And then we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, he's optimistic. I'm optimistic, as most of you are getting your messages every day. My next guest has become a very close personal friend. He helped me get to Florida. (laughs) He helped my son out, Gabriel, with uh, something at his school. He's a Brown graduate, and I really want my daughter Ava to go to Brown, but I doubt she's going to go there. He's the best doctor on television, a big star at Fox News for many, many years, my friend Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegel, good morning, pal. How are you? Sid, your, your daughter's tremendous. Let's, uh, let's hope. Uh, you know, she's, she's a chip off the old block. I mean, I mean her mother, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh. We're, we're, we're wishing Bernie the best, and, and he knows he can always call me. I, I, I really am hoping... And, and praying for him every day. Uh, and it's great to be on with you. It's great to have you, too. And uh, Bernie gets all your messages, and uh, you're sincere about that. You're a good person. Uh, that's what I know about you, Mark. I, I've only gotten to know you well the last couple of months, thanks to John Katz and Matides, but you are legitimately a good person, not just a great doctor, a TV personality. You actually do care. So uh, thank you for that. Let me get to Omicron right away. Uh, We've got to get to this. I, I, I don't know... What the hell is going on? I don't know why we're still even covering it. Somebody said to me yesterday, you know, Sid, it's over. We're finished. Well, the peak is done. We're done with Omicron. Uh, why Why is it that uh, people say that to me, and yet I watch some of the news media, and they say things like, oh, ho, ho, not even close to being done. we got some real issues down the road. What's the real answer? Well, the first part you already guessed, which is there's a political uh, battle going on. And I, I, I truly believe, and this is this is very, uh, you know, very concerning and and, and and naive for people not to realize that some people, even those in the White House, are busy flogging the same pony here because they don't have any other way to get your attention, and it's constricting. It's it's a loss of freedom. It's a loss of choice. It's to say if you don't do it my way. Well, we did it your way, and, and many did it your way, and it didn't work. It did it. It's almost a million cases a day still. So the science is being thrown under the bus to the politics. Now, what is the science? The science is that it definitely has peaked. I think it's very likely that all of the people that have gotten infected, and it's mostly mild, but not mild if you're in a high-risk group, are going to lead to a much diminished situation in the spring. I don't like fear politics. I don't like when fear is used to control people, and that's what's going on here. And by the way, what is this about a 400 million mask giveaway? 
I'm in a masquerade from the sky now. <laughs> I don't masks know. Masks are arriving at your door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, N95 masks that I use in the doctor's office that you can't use on the street, by the way, because they'll mummify you. The, those those bands that go around your head, let me tell you, they crease your face. Can you imagine an 11-year-old wearing this mask? No. No, I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I was watching Sean Spicer's TV show on Newsmax yesterday. He's going to join me at 925. In the last segment he did with Lindsey Keith, he talked about the masks that people are buying that are made, by the way, in China. Yes, the same country that unleashed this deadly virus on the United States are making the masks that you morons here in America are buying. So you're paying them back for killing our loved ones. And, the, and that, that's absolutely true. I think what, what, what we're talking about here in the first couple of minutes is an inability to live with something. And it's because the government is using fear to stoke the problem. What is it? It's a virus. It, it's a virus that's mild most of the time. It's a virus that the vaccine works pretty well against, by the way. It's a virus we have treatments for, but we can't get. It's a virus that we have testing for, but we can't get. It's a virus that masks don't work very well against, especially one that's spreading this easily. So masks are all we hear about. That's it. Doesn't that sound like the federal government? <laughs> it does. I have to tell you that uh, our friend, our mutual friend, John Katsimatidis, on his terrific show, Cats at Night, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon, he had Anthony Fauci on. Okay? In fact, if you go to our website, wabcradio.com, wabcradio.com, you can go back and listen to that conversation with John Katsimatidis and Fauci and leave your comments. Uh, I actually urge you to leave your comments about uh, what uh, Fauci had to say. And I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago who said one of the ways that Joe Biden, one of the ways that Joe Biden can gain some respect from the opposition, even if he was if he would fire Anthony Fauci. And I know a lot of you guys, like you and Nicole, you don't like doing that, talking badly about Fauci, because he's kind of in your realm. But the truth is, he's a lying snake. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I would like to put it this way. I don't know where this virus came from, and I don't like that the NIH was backing the gain-of-function type research where viruses are manipulated to see what their potential is. And I'm still very suspicious that something like this, which flew up out of nowhere, because I have spent my entire career studying species barriers. What do I mean? Why viruses don't do what this one just did. How did this one do this so suddenly, spread asymptomatically, go from bats to humans and affect millions and millions of humans? Sounds like a sci-fi movie, doesn't it? Well, when it sounds like a sci-fi movie, I'm suspicious of laboratory origins. And I don't think that the NIH has taken seriously enough the following thing which is you can't really trust what scientists are doing in China, not because you don't like them, not because they're not real scientists, but because the Chinese Communist Party may be right. threatening them or telling them what to do. I think that that's been swept under the rug. That's what I'm most disappointed in. Second thing, and I know Fauci well, by the way, and I've interviewed him multiple times, and I have a lot of respect for him, but I think that the public health pronouncements are outside his realm. I think he's really phenomenal on viruses and vaccines, but lockdowns, not so much. Closures, not so much. Masks, not so much. Now, no, nobody's good on masks. I'm, t I'm telling you, Sid, the mask thing is a mummification. I'm not against masks either, but the, but the, the, but the, the, the sage people nodding their heads, masks are preventing spread. Is, is really nothing that's been studied properly. So I, I think that the issue with Fauci is, one, where did this virus come from? And two, 
going outside your realm into the issue of public health. Tremendous damage has been done with all these restrictions and lockdown. The whole society is depressed. People turning to drugs and alcohol. Where you know they're going to try to close the schools again. Yeah. Businesses closed. You know the economic fallout from this. We're just beginning to see. You know, let's let's keep let's take money out of the treasury and keep giving it to people who are no longer working. Right? That's a, that's the solution. Yeah, that's, that is basically the incentive not to work in this country. The great Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News contributor, big time doctor, most importantly, my buddy. You know, I live. Uh, and by the way, again, check out the John Katzenmatidis interview with Anthony Fauci, WABCRadio.com. It's a great conversation, and Siegel's also interviewed him, and so have I. Hey, uh, I live on the Upper West Side, so. I walk over to Broadway yesterday to get a slice of pizza, Siegel, and I see like a line of old people I mean, all the way around the corner. Big line. I'm like, what are they doing? Middle of the afternoon. So it turns out that uh, Fat Rosie O'Donnell, her brother Danny O'Donnell, is a uh, he's an assemblyman or a councilman. He's something in my community. He serves politically on the Upper West Side, and he's a he's about as unlikable as his sister Rosie is, by the way. But his office his office was giving out free tests yesterday, free COVID tests. Now, what is this going? What's going? What what is that all about? These are free COVID tests, and can we trust these things? You know, that, the way you described that was so terrific. Thank you. And it reminded me of something I was thinking about all night, which is we love anything that's free in this Yes, country, right? we'll just take it. We don't care. We'll let me tell you something. I, 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 let me, let me prove it to you. I hate rice pudding, but I went to a restaurant in Fort Lauderdale about two weeks ago, and they gave rice pudding for dessert, and I had to eat it just because it was free. <laughs> there you go, because, because we're Jewish, Sid. But, but I want to ask everybody online there. I'm going to ask everybody online. You got the test now. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I mean, are you going to give it to someone else as a present? How do you know when to use it? And if you get a result, what is the result going to do? Because you don't have any treatments for it. So I, I think it's all about stoking up people's expectations that somehow this prop, and I call them fear props, are going to help you against COVID. Again, I'm for testing. But the whole way that that's been handled and mishandled takes away from what the actual use would be, which is if you actually think you're sick with this thing, call your doctor, then you want to have a test available. No. Oh, by the way, most importantly, those waiting online, coughing and sneezing on each other, spreading COVID. Yep. Oh, no doubt. And I saw a bunch of people actually doing that. They've got 16 masks on, but they're sneezing all over the place. So the big question now, Dr. Mark Siegel, is this. What happens first? What happens first? Is it over and we move on? Or since the original virus, we've seen Delta, we've seen Omicron. There's got to be a new one right around the corner. What happens first? This thing goes away or the next new variant becomes the next deadly sin in the United States? I have the answer for that. But if I get it right, can I have some of that rice pudding? (laughs) You got it. You can have the whole jug of it. It's all yours. So here's the answer. This thing is spreading so widely and it's moved in the milder direction that I am pretty convinced that this wave is going to is going to completely damp this down. It's not going to get rid of the virus, but it's going to change the game to one where it becomes more seasonal and recurrent the way flu does. And then once we get our treatments together and once we get a big overall vaccine, this vaccine is excellent, but we probably will have a different one that works a little more effectively against all variants. When we have that better vaccine, when we have and we can get people to take it, and we have the treatments, then you're really going to see it diminish greatly. 
It's heading there. Omicron is going to clear the path to a new reality, which is way closer to the older reality than the politicians are telling you. Wow. It's time to exit the pandemic. That is great news. I mean, I got bad news for you. Your Knicks absolutely sucked. They lost two in a row. Minnesota calling Anthony Towns. They couldn't stop him. What's that all about? I, 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 what do you think about Anthony Towns coming to New York? I mean, Randall looks pretty good against him, but I mean, he, he wouldn't he change everything if we get him here with or without a mask? <laughs> Anthony Towns. <laughs> no, I'd love to have Towns here. He's a big. He's a big guy. He's a big time big man in the NBA. I'd love to have him here, but. I don't know. You know, we all thought we, we added uh, Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, and we won 40-plus last year. You and I were sitting there for the Pacer game. We're thinking playoffs, and right now the season ended today, 46 games in. The Knicks would not make the playoffs, so I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I got to tell you, I got to tell you the good news. Keen Steakhouse, because you're so famous, Sid, yeah. they sent me two amazing T-bones in the that. mail because we were there. So we have to do it again. We have to go to the Knicks again, win or lose. I would love I mean. to. I love spending time with you. That was a great steak dinner there at that steakhouse. The game was fun, and uh, you're always a great guest on this show. Honestly, you know we really mean that. Me and Bernie, we both love you. So thank you for hopping on today. We'll talk again very, very soon, Siegel. Be well. Thanks. Great to be on with you, Sid. Thanks for having me. You too. The great Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News contributor, right here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Still a lot more to do, folks. Coming up next hour, Lydia reports. And yes, the highlight of the week coming up at 840, Bill O'Reilly. Then in the 9 o'clock hour, your chance at cash and prizes with Beat Sid and one of the stars at Newsmax, former Trump employee Sean Spicer. And with the big NFL playoff weekend coming your way Saturday and Sunday, All-time New York football giant, great, and one of the stars on the NFL Today on CBS, my long-term friend, long-time friend, Phil Simms, will join us at 925 tomorrow morning. So lots of really good stuff on this, the Bernie and Sid Show, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. love this song, OJ's Backstabbers. They use this song in um, the movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, Carlito's Way with Al Pacino. That was such a good movie. And uh, what's his name? The Latino kid. He played Benny from the Bronx who kills him at the end. John Leguizamo, who I've interviewed a couple of times on radio. Jill used to make me laugh. She used to think like these songs were written for the movie, you know. But she thought like Blue Oyster Cult wrote that song for Will Ferrell. It's like the song was out for 20 years before that, so. What this song was in that movie. Welcome back, hour three of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. I'll do what I did yesterday. Uh, I read you the text from Bernard. He will not be here until Monday. Let me read you what he sent me last night. It's not that personal. He did send me one personal text, which I'm not going to read to you. But I'll read you this stuff that, uh, well, you're allowed to hear. He said, uh, my bro with two hearts, two emojis. He's good like that. In Sloan Kettering, outpatient housing for third and final round of chemo. That's today. 
He'll be there today. Good news is it's kicking cancer's ass. Not so good. It's taking further toll on my strength. So if you saw Bernie here or heard Bernie here on Tuesday, I got so many messages from folks that were like, I'm scared to death. His voice was frail. It's weak. He knows it. It's true. Uh, so he's, um, he's even more tired now, and especially after today. Next chemo will be in a month. I'll be back with you on Monday. This or two shall pass. Love you a lot, partner, Bernie. So he'll be back on Monday. He's going through this uh, fight, uh, but he's not going through it alone. Between Carol, his family, me, his radio family, John, Margot, Chad, and you folks out there, my God, are you fine people. He's, um, he's optimistic as I am, and he's going to be good. But uh, right now he's tired, and he's, his body's gone through an awful lot of trauma the last couple of months. And the good news is, is um, I'm okay, and I'm like the Energizer buzzy, Bunny. So I come in every day, and uh, I do the work for me and my partner. And um, the show doesn't change an awful lot. If Bernie was here, we'd be doing the same thing, talking about the same thing, having the same guests. So if you love the Bernie, like I see people go, oh, no, Bernie, I'm out. Well, the show doesn't change at all. I mean, at all, you know. So if you love the show with Bernie, you're going to like the show today, too. Um, but certainly uh, I miss him. And not even because of the stuff he does on the air, which you folks have to appreciate. It's the off-air conversations we have during every break that makes working with Bernie so much fun. And we have a blast. So today I've got Christina in studio. She's better looking than Bernie. There's no question about that. <laughs> and uh, we have some conversations, too, like I have with Bernie. But uh, I miss him when he's not here. There's no doubt about it. But the show goes on, and the show is, is great with Bernie, and I think it's pretty good without him, too. But we miss him. There's no question about it. Justin, uh, you're doing a great job today, as always. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, Peter and, uh, obviously, Luke Lograno, a rising star, according to my guy Gene and Pete Morgan, a rising star. Deb Valentine is always solid as a rock. Frankie Diaz, the whole crew. It's an amazing crew we've assembled here. I don't know how we did it. i gotta give, I, I got to give Matt Meany some credit. I have to. I mean, did he find a lot of you folks? The only person I brought here you is Christina. Give him all the credit. He gets all. The, oh, Mike Garcia too. He gets all the credit. Absolutely. If it wasn't for him, I don't think any of us would even be here. Well, well I don't know about you, you and Bernie, but there you go. No, no, he's. I'm not here because I'm not Manny. Trust me. <laughs> all right, let's give him all the credit. That's fine. The only thing I will say, and I said this a couple of days ago, and here's where I come off like a real dick. This is why people don't like me, is uh, I got guys down in Florida. You know, you've heard their names before, six years out now. Bernie knows these guys. Steve Zemack, Eric Lengel, and they became radio stars in Florida on their own shows and all that stuff. And it's not because they're all that talented. It's because I made them good, you know. I use the uh, analogy Michael Jordan. He made the players around him better than they actually were. He made Tony Kukoc an all-star. Without Michael Jordan, Tony Kukoc couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. And I think that's the case with you guys, too. So you can give Matt Meany all the credit you want, and you should. He got you here. But you're only good because of me. All right. What's the matter, Luke? You don't agree with that? I'm the man. You, you, you do agree with that? No, I'm the man. <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys are super, super talented, every one of you, in your own way. And you actually make me better. How about that? You don't say. No, I said it once. I won't say it again. So I don't say, no. Did you, did you take it back? No. I oh. mean it. You guys are great. So oh. thank you. Uh, check out that Anthony Fauci conversation with John Katz and Matides. Uh, you got to hear this. WABCradio.com. I don't promote a lot of stuff on the website. I should do it more, especially interviews. And I especially, well, I only promote John's stuff. I'm, I'm uh, very stingy about that. 
Yes, yes, you are. Yeah, I'm not going to promote Charlie Kirker. I do like Greg Kelly. I got to tell you, I watched his TV show last night. He's the guy's good. He's just good. He's very talented. He's a nice guy. He's, he's, he sent me a very nice text, and so I like him. Uh, Bo Snurdly, I, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, Levin is a genius, and of course O'Reilly and Rita are some of the all-time greats. But uh, John does a great show. That is a great show at Pop O'Clock. He's got the best guests. He he's not afraid. And he brings on both sides. I like, you know, you know, I like that. You know, I mean, I haven't brought on Michael Rappaport or Anthony Scaramucci or some of these guys that are still my friends. Yes, they're still my friends. Haven't brought them on this run while Bernie's been out a lot the last couple of weeks, but they're still my friends. And John's not afraid to bring on people from that side of the aisle. I like that about John's show. And his interview with Anthony Fauci was really good. Check it out, WABCRadio.com. And don't be afraid to go to the website and beat the hell out of Fauci. Just to send the horrible stuff, you know. Liar, and a, you know he's he's responsible for I don't know how many thousands of deaths. Anthony Fauci is responsible for thousands and thousands of deaths. That sounds nuts. I know it sounds crazy. Sid, you got to calm down. You start to sound like Bernie's right. So anyway, go go check that out. Yesterday was the the big press conference, a two hour marathon of just um, I don't know. It was boring. Uh, Biden bores me. I, I can. The only time I'm not bored when Biden speaks, unfortunately, and this is where it gets kind of sad, is when he'll lose his, his train of thought and he starts to drift off. He'll be like, and I'm going to tell this Putin that I... Uh, uh, Jill, what do I say next? Um, it's funny. I don't know. Then, I, then I'm like, oh, I got to watch more of this because who knows what he's going to say next. He may just talk about what he's having for dinner tonight, like Delray Beach, 4 o'clock. Let's go for the, the Red Lobster special. You don't know. So you got to watch that. And then, of course, he, he lies, and then he – so you got to watch that because i got to point that out, like I have two or three times already this morning, that he flat-out lied in his press conference yesterday about the whole voting rights thing. He flat-out lied. And of all people, Kirsten Welker, who is about uh, – she's left of, um, of Don Lemon. Nice girl. I've met her many times. It's pretty nice girl. But she, uh, she's an NBC, uh, you know, lefty. And she actually put it to – this was shocking, not Peter Ducey – Kirsten Welker put it to Biden yesterday, put him on the spot when it came to him talking about uh, Georgia voting rights, the filibuster, comparing folks that weren't with him to Jefferson Davis and uh, some other horrible people, you know. And here it is yesterday, Kirsten Welker and Joe Biden and Biden's answer. That you gave on voting rights in Georgia recently, in which you described those who are opposed to you to George Wallace and Jefferson Davis, and some people took exception to that. What do you say to those who were offended by your speech? And is this country more unified than it was when you first took office? Number one, anybody who listened to the speech, I did not say that there were going to be a George Wallace or a Bull Connor. I said we're going to have a decision in history. That is going to be marked just like it was then. You either voted on the side, that didn't make you George Wallace, or didn't make you Bull Connor. But if you did not vote for the Voting Rights Act back then, you were voting with those who agreed with Connor. Those who agreed with, with, and, and so, and I, I think Mitch did a real good job of making it sound like I was attacking them. Oh. So it was us and, and Mitch, Mitch McConnell. He made it, he did a really good job of making it sound like, because you heard him right there say, I never said that, right? I, and I say this all the time, whether it's Mike Francesa talking about Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, whether it's Eric Adams who one day says, well, 
Crime on the subway is perception. Then he goes, I'm scared to ride the subway. We have audio. We have audio, and we find it. Usually that's Bernie's job, but he's not here the last couple of days, so this was my job to play what he said two weeks ago in Georgia, and he absolutely said it and absolutely lied yesterday. Here's Biden from Georgia. The consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Wallace. Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Connor. Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? Davis, there you go. This is the moment to decide. So I guess he did did say it, right? You heard that, Christina? You heard that, right? You heard that? No, I heard that. You hear that, Justin Ellick? Yeah, I heard it. Luke, did you hear that? I heard it. Luke is, like, so caught up in what's going on right now on the Belt Parkway and the the Garden State Parkway and the LA is a mess right now. That's a little crazy for you, right? <laughs> Just last week you were talking about the Buccaneers and the Giants and the Jets, and now you're caught up in uh, you know accidents and uh, the traffic. Is that unbelievable? Life moves quick. No, I understand what you would do to get on air. It's just unbelievable. If I would have said to you, Luke, your first real opportunity would come doing traffic, you would have said, "No way, I'm not taking that." And you're like, "Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I, sure. What do you want to talk about?" You know what it is at WABC? Said next man up. That's, next that, man that's up. That's no, you're right. No, here. listen, it's a meaning gave you a nice shot here, so. Yo, Mini, uh, a lot of thanks for this. Yeah, I owe a lot of people a lot of thanks for this, and uh, got to be honest, I think I'm doing pretty well. All right, you're doing fine. Uh, let's get to the difference now between Biden and Trump. Biden talked yesterday. He, uh, I think he thought he came off intimidating and scary. Putin sits in Russia and laughs at Joe Biden. He laughs at him. He can't believe that this guy is actually in charge of this country, the number one power in the world. He laughs at him, and it didn't change yesterday when Joe Biden really laid down the gauntlet here with Vladimir Putin. Do I think he'll test the West, test the United States and NATO as, as uh, significantly as he can? Yes, I think he will. Oh. But I think he'll pay a serious and dear price for it. Oh, he will. That he doesn't think now oh. will cost him what it's going to cost him. He's going to pay a serious, and he whispers, he's going to pay a serious and dear price, the cost. Not... I'm going to go there. I'm going to kick that mother up his ass. You know who talked like that? Donald Trump. Afghanistan. We lost 13 courageous men and women because of Biden's horrible pullout policy. Never would have happened with Donald Trump. You know why? Because Donald Trump said this to the powers that be in Afghanistan just a couple of years ago. I called them off when I learned that they had killed a great American soldier from Puerto Rico and 11 other innocent people. They thought they would use this attack to show strength. But actually, what they showed is unrelenting weakness. The last four days, we have hit our enemy harder than they have ever been hit before. And that will continue. And if for any reason they come back to our country, we will go wherever they are and use power the likes of which the United States has never used before. I'm told and I'm not even talking about nuclear power. They will never have seen anything like what will happen to them. <laughs> That's scary. He actually said at one point, I know where your wives and children live, right out of the Michael Corleone playbook. That was for Afghanistan. He, yeah, listen, in the past, too, he went after Rocket Man in North Korea. That was rough, too. Here's Donald Trump. The United States has great strength and patience, but if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. The United States is ready 
willing and able. But hopefully, this will not be necessary. It is time for all nations to work together to isolate the Kim regime until it ceases its hostile behavior. He's been tough on China in the past. He's been very tough on Russia, despite the ridiculous Russia collusion charges. We know that wasn't the case. You know, Trump's motto, what he does is, uh, is just his MO, how he operates, and I like this, is he keeps his enemies close, keeps his friends close, his enemies closer. Sometimes you even have to, every now and then, compliment your enemy, right? Truth is, Putin is a tough leader. He is. He'll kill you in the streets, right? That's better than Biden sitting there with his finger up his ass while people are dying in Afghanistan. I'm not saying Putin's a better person. I'm not saying that. But you need that when you're running a country, when you're running a city even, like Eric Adams here in New York. So it's no match, Joe Biden versus Putin. Putin didn't mess with Donald Trump. They wouldn't even consider invading Ukraine if Donald Trump was still in power. Now they got 200,000 troops ready to go. Trump brought this out a couple of uh, last month, actually, when Biden met with Trump. The mismatch that is Putin versus Biden. Now I see that Biden is going to be talking to Putin. And that's not a fair match. That's not that wouldn't have been a fair match in primetime. This is not a fair match for our country. And the election was rigged and it was stolen. And this is what we got. This is not a match that should even be allowed. This is take the New England Patriots playing your high school football team. That's what you have right now. I love that. Are the Patriots playing the Buffalo Bills last week when the Bills beat them by 30? Anyway, there's a difference. I've got a lot more from Biden. Of course, he blamed the surge at the southern border on Donald Trump, which is ridiculous because we know when Trump was in power, he was building that wall. We had no issues. We had no issues, right? Now we got people dying from fentanyl every day, all kinds of people coming across the border. We're worried about wearing masks in New York City, these morons I live with. We got no issue allowing people to come across the border with every disease you could imagine. Forget about COVID. Forget about that. That's nothing. That's nothing what these people are bringing to our country. Didn't have that with Donald Trump. So I got all this audio I want to play, but Lydia reports, Bill O'Reilly, Sean Spicer, and Beat Sid all still to come. Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Keep it right here. This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Bernie and Sid in the morning. What is going on? Real, Real. New York 77 WABC. I know I got a bad reputation, and it isn't just talk, talk, talk. If I could only give you everything you know I haven't got. Oh, I know. I got a bad reputation. Freddie Jackson, 827, Thursday morning. Weather not as bad as he thought it was going to be, but it's going to get really, really cold. Coming up next, don't forget, it's the highlight of the week. It's Bill O'Reilly. He'll be here in 13 minutes, and I'm sure he's got strong opinions on that mess that Joe Biden called a press conference yesterday. Then Sean Spicer, Newsmax, coming up at 925. And, of course, we're going to play Beat Sid, too. But it is time now for Lydia Serrani, who's great. Every weekday afternoon, alongside John Katsimatidis at 5 o'clock, we call this Lydia Reports. This 
is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. So, you know, Bill O'Reilly was on Cats that night, last night, and you know what he said to me? You know what he described me as? You know what adjective he used? I have no idea. He called me astute. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. I know, right? He, he said I was astute because hold I on, said... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't go on. Uh, Justin, Bill O'Reilly called yeah. Lydia Serrani astute last night. What does he yeah. mean by that? Astute? Yeah. Uh, you know, she's yeah. very attentive. She's very, uh, you know... Um, Perceptive. No, no, don't give smart. That. Lydia, stay smart. out of it. Oh. No, astute is basically an in, in all-around word that means uh, she kicks ass. Oh, thank you very much. Well, uh, the comment the comment I made is that the Democrats, they always have like this three-pronged crutch anytime anything goes wrong. And it's either racism, COVID, or Trump. Uh, so that's what, and he, he seemed to like that. So I was going to do a report on Biden and he was bumbling and fumbling and it was just a hot mess. And he said, no, we're not divisive. And he lied and said that the grocery shelves aren't empty. But I said, you know what? I'm going to be on with Sid. So let me do something sports related Ooh. and get them all like fired up. Oh, hey so the, yeah. So the NCAA is implementing, that's the, for, you know, NCAA is for, for people that don't know, is for sports, for colleges, okay? The governing body there. They have implemented a new policy now after that UPenn transgender swimmer, Leah Thomas, you know, that person, she was, she, she was a guy for, for three years, performed as a swimmer for UPenn. And then in the last year, uh, Leah Thomas is now a swimmer on the girls team and she's kicking butt left and right. Although two things. Well, First of all, she did lose to another transgender swimmer a couple of her- weeks ago. And just to clear this up, because we talk about this person quite a bit, and we should, because it's a huge story. As far as I know, Lydia, this female swimmer still has a penis. Yes? I have not done a check on her. <laughs> well, I, mean, I have not seen a bulge. Okay. I've noticed the pictures are waist up, and right. I think that's being done purposely. Okay. But... Uh, I've seen her in a bathing suit yeah. and it looks like a man. Uh, and that's sad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because I, I mean, the guy, guys, uh, you know, body is bigger. They're, they have less fat on their bodies. They have bigger circulatory systems. They have bigger respiratory systems. They have bigger hands. All of this. So guess who talked about this on Fox News? Caitlyn Jenner. You know, Caitlyn Jenner is. She used to be Bruce Jenner, Olympic gold medalist. And she, she even says that this is completely insane. And wrong. Take a listen to Caitlin. It's also uh, not good for women's sports. It's unfortunate that this is happening. Um, I don't know why she's doing it. She knows when she's swimming, she's beating the competition by two laps. She was born a biological boy. She was raised as a biological boy. Her cardiovascular system is bigger. Her respiratory system is bigger. Um, her hands are bigger. She can swim faster. That's a known. Wow. All of this woke world that we're living in right now is not working. Good for Bruce Jenner. There it is. By the way, not just an Olympian, like you said, a gold medal winner, but one of the all-time greats. I mean, Phelps couldn't hold this guy's jock. Uh, that may not be true, but I'd like to say that anyway. Because uh, he's uh, Does he still have his jock? Is Bruce Jenner, has he got the, the operation? He I don't has? know. I don't no, know. He no, said, I don't, I don't, he I don't, I don't know. Has. Well, we've got the, the actual Well, you answer. know what? He, he had his... You know, he had his um, scrotum probably, uh, I guess, figuratively cut off by Kris Jenner, his wife, and the Kardashians. I don't know that for a fact. Mike Garcia, you have have the fact. (laughs) What is it, Mike? So she actually explained that um, she did not got rid of it. She just, (laughs) in her quotes, 
tucked it in. Tucked it in. Okay, there you go. Oh, my God. Jesus. It got reassigned, not removed. So either there? No, that's what they say. It's reassigned, not removed. So she takes a ton of estrogen, and she just kind of tucks it in. But it's still there, <laughs> much like this swimmer. Uh, but when he, when Bruce Jenner comes out, and I still call him Bruce Jenner, stop with the Caitlin stuff. When Bruce Jenner comes out and says that, to me, that says a lot. No? Doesn't it? I would think so because he would know he was an Olympic athlete. He, you know, he's, he were, he was, a, what is it? a Catholic, right? Didn't he do like all the different sports and win? And yes. I mean, the guy's uh, world renowned. And for him to even say that he's also, you know, spoke out of, and he said, this is not fair and not right to make this person, Leah Thomas, a trans activist because trans people think this is even trans, according to Caitlyn Jenner, even trans people think this is insane. They're nine times more likely to commit suicide. This is very serious. And, and now she's just kind of bringing on more hate. And she's like, what is Leah Thomas doing? She knows it's not fair. You know, it's funny on um, Dr. Phil, there was a trans activist on with that conservative talk show host, Matt Walsh. And he was just asking the trans activist, it was a man, what is a woman? What is a woman? And and I just want you to hear just the insanity this that is spewing from this trans activist mouth. Take a listen. So here's the thing. So I do not define what a woman is because I do not identify as a woman. Womanhood is something that is an umbrella term. It includes people that who... That describes what? People who identify as a woman. I identify as what? As a woman. What is that? was to each their own. Each oh my woman, God. each man, each person is going to have a different relation with their own gender identity and define it differently. And so I'm trans women begging. are women too. Where'd it go, Matt? I'll tell you What's what worse, woman, the you, fact you, that people clapped? Yeah. I mean, that was embarrassing. Like, why would you clap well, somebody like know. that? I don't know. Well, my definition of a woman, a good time. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Danielle's going to smack the crap out of well, you. She, when you. What do you mean? Home. She's my woman. I know, she's but you're like, woman. that's not all she is, is a good time. I didn't say whip. No, she's, no, she's brilliant and beautiful and all that good yes, stuff. Yes, you know. you're a lucky man. I am. But I'm tired of all this nonsense, I, I, but it's, I'm glad you brought it up. And it was a great report, great, but it was good you didn't do the whole Biden thing because I've done it for the last literally two I, and a half hours. I know. I know but I still you want your opinion. I've asked Christina, I've asked Justin, I've asked Luke, my whole show cast about it. In 60 seconds or less, what was your opinion of the whole two-hour press conference? I think his makeup artist did a really good job, <laughs> and he obviously had a lot of Adderall pumped into his body, right. and I think his handlers did a good job. That's it. That's it. And, okay. And he's an empty shell of a human being. Yep. I think he's evil. I think he's knowingly lying, and he's bringing this country down, and it's and I'm sad. I'm really sad because I was rooting for him. I wanted – you know, he's our leader, whether we like it or not. He's the president of the United States. We could be on the brink of war. We're seeing gas at like $5 a gallon. The shelves are empty. He's like, no, they're not empty. They're uh, they're they're only 2% down from pre-pandemic no, right. levels. He, he said right. He, he said it I'm went, so sick of him. He went from 91% to 89% was know, the exact why? figure he gave us. Hey, tell me quickly, too, in 30 seconds or less now, I know we've got the interview up at WABCradio.com. It's getting a lot of play. Folks uh, are, are running there to listen to it. Uh, John with uh, Anthony Fauci. Tell me about that one. John interviewed Anthony Fauci, John Katzmatidis, on January 19th, and then it aired a few days later on his Cats Roundtable. And this was like one of Fauci's first interviews he ever did. And John presses him, what's going on? Do we have anything to worry about this coronavirus? And Fauci over and over says, no, no, no. 
and you listen back to it now because now we know what we know. And I swear, I think Fauci was lying. So I, I, that's my opinion. I don't want to influence other people's opinion, but we put it as a question of the day up on our website. Just go to wabcradio.com. Do you think the top doc was uh, knew more than he let on? I, I I think he did. I think he was compromised. I think he's been playing stupid sometimes. And here we are. But yeah, John Katzmatidis, he was the first one to have him on. So it's a good, it's a good listen. I, I highly recommend it. WABCradio.com. As for Cats at Night tonight, it's Thursday. I have no idea who we'll have on because we go by the day's events. So based on whatever event is going on, we pick like the perfect newsmaker to have on and discuss that topic. So the most important thing is everything you need to know is in is in that one hour. Perfect. And you'll hear the truth, but nothing but the truth. Lydia, great job, uh, as always. That's a great report. Lydia Serrani, Lydia Reports. Follow Lydia on Instagram, at Lydia News 1, and on Twitter, at Lydia News. All right, enough with the damn Beach Boys stuff. It's not the only damn band Phil Abadi's ever listened to. I know he likes them, but it's going to be Beach Boys every time? Yes. I mean, you play Springsteen for me, Coldplay, you too. We had a little bit of, um, oh, my God, Michael C. is dancing. Anyway, O'Reilly does love uh, the Beach Boys, but we love O'Reilly. He's, uh, he's the best now. He's always been the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. He does a tremendous show here, 9 o'clock every weeknight. It's great, not good, great. Then, of course, his website, that's as good as it gets, BillOReilly.com. Great interviews, great inter- great um, columns. He does great TV shows. And, of course, he comes off that historic tour in the great states of Texas and Florida with President Donald Trump. I can only imagine, because I did see some of this on his website last night, he went to the no-spin zone early last night to talk about that ridiculous press conference by Joe Biden. So with that said, here he is, in my opinion, my humble opinion, and it's my show, so that's all that matters. He's the best of all time, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Thank you, Sid. I appreciate that. I mean it. uh, From now on, in honor of President Biden, the music I want is... The Wanderer by Dion. <laughs> Cousin Brucey has has it. Right. And uh, You're Out of Touch. <laughs> All in Oats. I oh, yes, have to play that. We're out of time. That's so funny. But I'm out of my head. That's perfect, isn't it? it? I actually asked Justin, I swear, Bill, an hour ago to play that song. I had yeah. no idea you were going to say that. But when you watched this yesterday, some folks said, you know, listen, he lied. He flat out lied about the whole Jefferson Davis quote, which he did say in Georgia a couple of weeks ago. But other folks have said to me, listen, Sid, I'm not saying he doesn't lie every now and then, but to Bill O'Reilly's point, he just looks lost. Like, cognitively, he can't figure it out. Is that what you saw yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I just saw a guy who's not in control of it. I mean, as simple as that. Let's let's do a little uh, exercise here. I'm President Biden. <clears throat> I'm on the Bernie and Sid show. Okay. Uh, and I'm here only because Bernie is not. Okay? <laughs> Bernie, we're here. I'd never be here. But I'll talk to Sid. Okay. Okay, you ask me questions just like they did in the press conference. Go. Okay. Uh, there are some people that were offended that you described them as Jefferson Davis and Wallace because of their stance on the Georgia voting rights and the filibuster. Uh, are you, did you say that? And you felt better you offended those people? No, I never said that. Um, I, I said they may be drafted by the 49ers next year. That was my initial comment. I was talking about the NFL. Next question. Uh, next question. The, the southern border, it's become a complete mess. Why is that the case? 
because of tourism. We want these people to come in. We want them to go to the hotels and Burger King. And this has really, really ignited the economy, which is the best economy the world has ever seen. And it's not even close. It's tourism. Okay. These are great answers. Uh, COVID. Uh, how is that whole COVID deal going for you, Bill O'Reilly? Where's the country at with that? Hey, I think we got to firm up here, Sid. I think we got to get tough. So you have the sniffles. I mean, what's the problem? We can't be spending all this money. And I'm going to send everybody a mask. And not only that, I'm sending the National Guard to your house to put the mask on you. All right? That's what we're doing here. What's the next question? Well, it seems like, at least on paper here, that Putin and Russia are very, very close to invading the Ukraine. They've amassed about 200,000 troops. What's your stance on that? And what's going to happen to Putin if, in fact, he does that? Look, look. Putin, if he goes in and he takes the country over, so what? Who cares? Ukraine, I don't know where it is. Can you find it on a map? I don't Kazakhstan, Ukraine. Why are we bothering? We have voter suppression here. We have suppression in this country. What do we bother with Ukraine? You know, that's a great one right there, the voter suppression thing, because with all the serious stuff that's going on, and you'll be Bill O'Reilly again for a second instead of Joe Biden, with all the serious stuff that's going on, inflation, and obviously what's going on overseas, Russia, China, all these world powers once again feel like they have it on us, over us. Uh, That's what they're talking about, this ridiculous voter suppression. Yeah. And, and a new Scott Rasmussen poll says that most African-Americans want voter IDs when people vote. They want, overwhelmingly. Now, I have a contest on BillOReilly.com, and the contest is you get a free copy of Killing the Mob if you have been suppressed. <laughs> All right? Just contact me because I don't know anybody who's been suppressed. Do you no. know anyone who's uh, been suppressed? I don't. And in fact, you know, if you... we had record voting last right. time. Right. Record voting. So there's, I guess there's got to be somebody somewhere has been suppressed. <laughs> and if you have and you get in touch with me, you get a free book. Listen, uh, that's a great deal. 153 million people, you're right, 80 million for Biden, 73 million for Donald Trump last yeah. time around. That yeah. does not sound like suppression to me. The other thing that he keeps bringing up, I just don't get it. Merrick Garland, too. More to Merrick Garland here, the attorney general, is yeah. this white supremacy stuff. Even this moron, Mayor Eric Adams, and I hate to use words like that, but he really is. He actually said that he was hiring his brother to protect him from the issue of white supremacy here in New York. What am I missing? What was the last time we saw a real, a real white supremacist do real damage in this country? Sid, have you ever been to the Bronx? Have you been there lately? There are so many white supremacists <laughs> running around the Bronx. I mean, they're in the Grand Concourse. Yeah. They're getting yeah. uh, season tickets to Yankee Stadium. I mean, this is all white supremacists up there. I mean, I don't understand why everybody doesn't see it the way Eric Adams sees it. Yeah. I, every time I go out in New York City, all I see on the subway are white supremacists. <laughs> it is amazing that they go to that when, in fact, we know better, though, that unfortunately, whether it's Asians getting attacked in this city in big numbers, anti-Semitic crimes uh, in Brooklyn, most of the time, I hate to say this, but I'm giving you facts. Most of the time, it's the antithesis of white supremacists. It's black people. But would Eric Adams ever admit to something like that, Bill? Yeah, I don't know if you want to generalize about race. You know, I've been a wise guy here on this segment of the show because I think we all need a little levity after, you know, watching the president of the United States. That was great, though. That was great. 
Yeah, we we really have to go, all right, we know now, just like we knew with de Blasio, I'm going to give the new mayor a little bit more, you know, time. He hasn't done well in his first three weeks, that's for sure. Um, his brother, I don't know his brother. I don't know, you know, maybe he's going on the model of the Corleone family. You kind of Fredo, send him out to Vegas. I, I don't know. But at this point, Americans have got to start to say absurdity is taking over here. Yeah. Well, I think right? of all the things I heard yesterday, the most absurd thing, and there was a lot of absurdities to your point. Yeah. The most ab- absurd thing I heard Joe Biden say was, this is unbelievable, he is going to run again in 2024 at the age of 82. He's a mess at 78 and will barely make it into year number two. And not only that, but he's bringing back somebody who actually said is doing a good job, Kamala Harris. If that's, the, if that's at the height of absurdity, Bill O'Reilly, I don't know what is. The woman's a genius. Can you not see that? Can you not see that? Really? I guess not. I mean, look, as soon as she was appointed to solve the border problem, that problem just disappeared, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's gone. Yeah, you haven't heard about that problem. Mainly just uh, the media won't report on it and didn't ask a question about it last night. To them, ah, yeah, it's not that important. Let's talk about Kiev. All right? Yeah. Don't don't, don't worry about Laredo. Kiev is where we want to be. And, you know, Kamala Harris went down there, kicked some serious butt. She was there about 18 minutes in El Paso, and then she went to L.A. Okay. So and then she's in charge of voter rights. But, and, and, you know, look, I don't know about you, but I've just seen a tremendous change in the way Americans uh, now they really want to vote because of Kamala. You know, it's just a, a tremendous enthusiasm. So, yeah, I mean, of course, she's going to run again. Now, by the time the next election happens, I predict Joe Biden will not even remember her name. Right. She will not. Who are you again? How uh, did you bring me some muffins? Oh, God. That kind of thing. I think you're right. I tell you, I did play this morning Biden, the way he talked about Putin and Russia yesterday. He's getting tough on Russia. Well, if they go into Ukraine, then, you know, he's going to hear it from me. And then I played our friend Trump when he talked about destroying North Korea in its entirety, going after the mothers and the children of the leaders of the Taliban in Afghanistan. Now, we've been critical of Trump, you and I. But there's no question we admit that he did some things really, really well. And in that respect, intimidating our adversaries, Trump was great, and Biden is so weak. The contrast, when I played it, Bill, stark. Well, look, they feared Trump, and I talked about this with him in the shows, so you didn't have uh, jets flying over Taiwan. By the way, no Taiwan questions last night. Not one. And, that, and that's worse yep. than Ukraine. Yep. But I, I thought that was the only area where Biden was effective. Because if they, and I have said this for years, you want to get Putin, you knock off the banks. The banks can't do, American banks can't do business with them, period. You sign an executive order, no banks can do business with Russia. Okay? Strangles them. And, and Biden said that's what he would do so now he has to do it yeah and i thought that and i want to be fair here um he was befuddled it was a ridiculous exposition but that was the only one where he was clear-eyed and that message does get to putin BillOReilly.com this morning folks will read call him mr blue and what exactly is that about bill well you are too young for this but there was a big hit in 1959 by the fleetwoods called mr blue 
And now I have nicknamed Joe Biden Mr. Blue. (laughs) All right. He is um, Mr. Blue without the group is the um, standard bearer of the blue states. And he ought to be blue because his administration is one blanking disaster. And I don't. And if you argue to the contrary, if you think that Joe Biden's doing a good job, then you need to check yourself into some place. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, like Bellevue. Because this is <laughs> this is beyond debate. This yeah. is almost scary. It's yeah. funny because we can mock it, but if you step back and you say. You know, we got inflation. What what is your solution to inflation? Build back better. <laughs> That's going to put inflation down. And yeah. you say it's not going to pass. Do you not understand that? Well, then the Fed will do it. Right. If the Fed was going to do it, they would have already done it. I, I tell you, and to your point, after the Build Back Better, this voting rights bill, which is looks like it's dead now, too, with the Senate voting right. against it yesterday, who would have thunk it, though, that the guy that actually has become the, I guess, the common sense guy in this country is Joe Manchin. Thank God for him. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and that's another discussion. But if you look at the reason that the new vote, number one, it's unconstitutional because the state's are dictated by the Constitution to run the vote. And number two, in the hearings running up to the uh, new election reform on the federal level, they couldn't find one person who has been suppressed. So they had hearings, but no, there was nobody there because they couldn't. Well, we can't really find anybody who's been suppressed. Um, and you needed an ID to get into the hearings, and that just blew everything up. Come on, you can't buy it, right? You know, it's so absurd. It's yeah. so crazy. I mean, and I don't come at it from ideology or party. This is just insane. And did you see the White House press corps? Yes. Did you see those people? Yeah. I mean, they need daycare. <laughs> they need daycare. These are the oh, I, I, oh, where about Putin? Putin? Oh, and I'm sitting there going, is there anybody going to ask about crime? Oh. Anybody? No. Nobody. No. 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 Because they live in a bubble. They don't live in a real world. They don't. Okay. Real world. Sixty seconds to go, Bill O'Reilly. After that brilliant, brilliant sixteen minutes, doesn't come better than that. Bengals at the Titans. Who wins? You know, um, um, the Titans should win, but the Bengals have momentum, so I'm taking the the dog, as they say, in wow. those gambling precincts with the points. All right. Uh, there you go. The upstart Bengals. It is the 49ers at the Packers. I think the Packers should win that game because it's going to be 42 below zero, and there'll be aliens landing. It's that cold. <laughs> and and what's his name? The quarterback on the Packers, the guy with you know who doesn't get the vaccine. Aaron Rodgers, yes, the Chief. Yeah, he's just brilliant. He's I mean, the guy is just brilliant. So I think they win. I agree with you. He's one of the best of all time. The yeah. Rams at the Buccaneers on Sunday. Can't call it, but I'm rooting for Brady because he's like 72 years old. He's almost <laughs> as old as Biden. <laughs> But he knows what he's doing out there. Yes, he does. I'm rooting for Brady, but it's I can't call that game. Don't bet that game if you're listening to Sid. That is an impossible game. I'll tell you what else may be tough to bet, although Kansas City's playing great football right now. The last game Sunday night, the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City. I think the Bills win. You do? Yeah, I think, wow. I think it's their year. They just decimated New England. I predicted New England would win. I was humiliated. I couldn't go out of the house for two days. Um, and I think the Bills have, have really a strong team all around. You're the best ever. And, man, did you prove that again today. Thank you so much. That was great. 
All right, guys. Thanks for having me in. Best to Bernie, okay? Of course. I'll send it along. The great Bill O'Reilly as we wrap up the 8 o'clock hour. Thank you, Bill. Still more to come, including Beat Sid and Sean Spicer in the fourth and final hour of the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio Supermodel Paulina Poroskova all those years and left it with nothing. That's Emotion in Motion, one of my favorite songs. 907, fourth and final hour of the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning. No Bernard today. I've read his text that he sent me late last night, twice on the show already today. He did to go back to Sloan Kettering today for the final round of his first round of chemotherapy. So he is not here today. He won't be in tomorrow. He'll be back on Monday and then he goes for his next round of chemo in a month. He um, is very optimistic, as I am, and um, very supportive and loving in the text, as we both always are to each other. He appreciates all the love out there coming from not just his family and close friends of the show, but uh, all you listeners. He wanted me to uh, say, say that to you guys. And uh, that's why I read his personal messages that he sends to me to you guys, because I feel like you guys all deserve it. So this has been a rough, rough battle. It's not been easy, not been easy. But if anybody can beat this, and you've heard this a million times, it's true, it's Bernie. So we uh, we hope for the best, and uh, he'll be sitting in this chair right next to me uh, to my left on Monday morning. But uh, still to come this hour, beat Sid and Sean Spicer, who's great, 6 o'clock every weeknight on Newsmax. And tomorrow, Bill Sims will be here, the former giant great quarterback, NFL Today, CBS, talking about the playoff games, which Bill O'Reilly just picked here on this show moments ago. But we have spent most of today talking about that ridiculous sham of a press conference that the president put on for two hours yesterday. And he found a way to congratulate himself. I know I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> I know. But he found a way to congratulate himself. Play this. Joe Biden won. There's a lot of talk about disappointments and things we haven't gotten done. We're going to get a lot of them done, I might add. Mm-hmm. We're getting a lot of them done. Don't you worry, folks. We're getting a lot done. We're going to take care of all the problems. Then he goes on to talk about how he's going to run again in 2024. Why not? It's been such a great year. And not only is he going to run again, but his vice president. What's your name again? Um, God, it's right yeah, on the tip of my tongue. On the tip of my tongue, too. Jeez, I just I can't. can't, can't I'm sifting around I in my know. brain, and I can't seem well, to. Well, don't worry uh, about it. Dick, he right. mentions her because the good news is he's going to run again at 82 and three more years. He's already shot. And she's going to run again, the worst VP ever. Here's Joe Biden, seven. Here, you put Vice President Harris in charge of voting rights. Are you satisfied with her work 
on this issue? And can you guarantee, do you commit that she will be your running mate in 2024, I mean, provided that you run again? Who asked this? Yes and yes. <laughs> you don't care to expand? Oh, God. Pardon me? Do you care to expand? Oh, no, there's no need to. I mean, oh. I asked the question. He, she's going to be my running mate, number one. And number two, I did put her in charge. I think she's doing a good job. Good job of what? The border is a complete mess. Michelle Karekis. I love this lady. Sydney, outstanding segment with Bill O'Reilly. The back and forth you did with him with the news conference question and answer was brilliant. If there were any uh, balls connected to the cast and crew of SNL, that would be an excellent skit. I agree. Somebody call my friend uh, Leslie over at uh, NBC. Okay. Not Leslie. What's, what's Michael's first name? He's such a good friend that we got his first name just now. At NBC? Michaels, yeah, the boss of SNL, not Leslie Michaels. Oh, uh, Lauren. Lauren Michaels, thank you. See, that's how close we are. We're very, very close. Yeah, you know them all. Yeah, so Biden screwed up everything yesterday. Uh, actually, O'Reilly thought he did a decent job when he talked about Putin and Russia. I didn't. I thought he screwed up just about everything. In fact, everything. And Mark Levin, the great one, who's on after John Katsimatidis every weeknight at 6 o'clock on this station. What a thrill that is to go from John Katsimatidis to Mark Levin to Bill O'Reilly to Rita Cosby. My God. Levin had Trump on yesterday. Way to go, Levin. That's why he's the great one. And Trump talked about what he saw from Biden yesterday afternoon. And Joe Biden said he's had enormous progress during his presidency. I don't see it that way. Do you? Well, progress in destroying our country, yes. (laughs) I think that's been tremendous. Uh, He also said something that I assume was a mistake, but he said he expects Putin to go in. He said, uh, I expect him to go in, to go into Ukraine. And I thought that was a very unusual answer. I don't know if he knew what he was saying, because it was he said that as part of another question. And he was a little confused. The whole thing was just so horrible. But you look at the border with millions of people coming in. You look at inflation. You look at. No more energy independence. No, it's uh, we have a much different country than we had a year ago. All right. So you heard from Donald Trump what he thinks. I've been telling you all morning long what I think. I just said it again moments ago. Complete disaster yesterday. Very, very weak. If he tried to intimidate Putin and Russia, it didn't work. And uh, just messy. Uh, he blamed Trump for the uh, the problems at the border, which we know is ridiculous because Donald Trump was building a wall. We had no issues. Zero. Uh, no answers on covid the supply chain, he said, hey, we're at 89%, only down 2% from 91. Not that big a deal. Stop bitching and complaining. He never talked, as uh, O'Reilly pointed out, about Taiwan, which is becoming a huge issue with China. So really, all in all, it was two hours of a complete waste of time is all it was. But but let's hear from the cast. Bernie's not here today. He would say, well, Bernie, could you just imagine Bernie today? That imbecile in the White House, and he would go nuts. Oh, he'll get to it on Monday. I'm sure he Well, by Monday, listen, the news cycle changes so drastically. Yeah, but Biden's going to say another stupid thing. Well, there's no question. Right. Well, let's get your opinion then, Justin Ellick. How do you think the president did yesterday? Well, to your point, you know, bringing up Trump as many times as he did, um, you know, he's got to focus on himself and his own administration. I mean, you're going back in time, and they, every time you remind, you know, I mean, wasn't the whole point of him coming into the, into the White House for these libs? out there that you know to get people to forget that trump was ever there but every time he brings them up you're just reminding people of what was and uh you know i think that plays that that plays into trump's hand when it comes to 2024 that uh in the back of everybody's mind biden every day is reminding people that uh you know trump uh did a better job than he did because he can't get it out of his damn mind himself kirsten walker brought up the fact that he uh described certain people in uh, very unnice terms, people that were against the voting rights bill that, thank God, the Senate killed yesterday. Then she went on to say, "Is the con- he never answered this question. Is the country more unified now that you've taken over, which you promised 
than when Trump was the president. What do you think, Justin? Is the country more unified now? No. <laughs> I don't think so. That's all. That's all. Hey, by the way, did you ever think a big sports fan growing up, big-time baseball player in college, still a very good sports enthusiast. You used to do the board for my Sunday show. We had a great Super Bowl show together last year. Did you ever think that at any point in your career a um, – I don't know what decorated radio host would come to you for your political assessment ever. Uh, I never counted anything out. Mm. I'm okay. a, I'm well, a... I would have bet against it. I'm just saying. Yeah. I would have bet against that. All right. Yeah, I mean, listen, that would have been a good bet. It would have yeah. been better than the bets I placed last By the night. way, you could, you could have said the same thing about me about eight years ago. Yeah, right. I spent the better part of 12 years talking sports every day between New York and Miami, spending, you know, 45 minutes on one Joe McEwing at bat against Randy Johnson. Who knew that there'd come a day when Bill O'Reilly would respect me? Who knew that? So you're on your way to, to you know, to, to you know a lot of... Um, Superstardom. Yeah, not that, but, you know, okay. something's going to happen. All right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it, whatever okay. that may be. <laughs> Christina. Now, this is a girl who knows her stuff. She watches Fox News every night. She's an admitted big-time Trump supporter out of the great state of New Jersey. So who's listening right now? Is Maria listening? Oh, I think Maria's listening, yeah. Uh, who else? Dolores, yeah. you listening? Oh, Dolores, probably. Steve. Yeah. Oh, Steve. I, 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 I got to say something about Steve. He's, he's, he was in the studio once. He's such a great guy. He's yeah. such a great guy. He is. And he's such a handsome guy, too. And uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm the most heterosexual guy you know. But if it ever came a time, whether it was forced or just by choice, yeah. where I was going to do that once, I think I'd pick Steve. I tell him all the time, can I move in? Let's just do this. It'll be completely platonic, but let's just, yeah. Well, that's got to be cool. Like, if you actually, like, you change somebody's sexuality because you were that good, then again, you could be so bad. Like, uh, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips was married to that great rock and roll star, Melissa Etheridge. Ooh. And she became a lesbian, so. Yeah. How does he sleep? It's <laughs> <laughs> not his fault. All right, so what did you think of yesterday's press conference? I thought it was a nightmare. I, I think... I think we're officially the laughing stock of the rest of the world. Putin probably watched that press conference like we watch an episode of SNL, <laughs> laughing and, and eating popcorn. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a nightmare. And you know what's funny? He can snap at report. I mean, he snapped at one reporter. Uh, no, Biden. He snapped at. He snapped at uh, that guy Wegman. Yes. To go back and read what I said. When Trump got nasty and Trump was getting slaughtered and attacked by these reporters, you know, he was a bully. But Biden, what? What are we going to say? He's just a grumpy old man. We, you know, well, not even grumpy. He's just he's forgotten a lot of stuff. He's not a bad guy. He's forgetful. Maybe he's got a form of dementia, maybe early stages of Alzheimer's. Yeah. There are people that really try to protect him. Yeah. I do think there is some of that. I really do. And that's oh, why yeah. running at 82 is not realistic. But I also think he's just an evil bastard. I really do. Yeah. No, that that, that was a nightmare. I, I think we are officially the joke to the rest of the leaders in this world. And how can we fix that? There's only one way. Only one way. There's only one way. The problem is, is if if he does last till 2024, okay, so th there there's the problem right there. Which is a, it's another three years of pain for this country. It's three another years. three years of, I mean, what we just saw, this horrific year we just had. Okay, but, but what's the alternative if he doesn't last? Kamala and Pelosi? I mean, yeah. we're screwed. Either way, yeah. I'm no, sorry. That, I that, don't want to be yeah. Debbie Downer on this Thursday morning. But right. But with that, you're we're right. Dead. We're dead. Well, in we got to start by uh, changing the House and the Senate next year, this year, 2022, this year, and then, uh, you know, just start to get excited about Trump again. But you're right. We've got three years of pain. I'm hopeful for the Senate. I think, I think it's going to happen. So do I. I yeah. agree with you. And to her point, by the way, to Christina's point, 
talking about the unfair battle between Putin and Biden. Trump made this point a couple of weeks ago when, in fact, Putin and Biden met. And there was an NFL analogy in Trump's point. It's worth replaying. Here it is. Now I see that Biden is going to be talking to Putin. And that's not a fair match. That's not that wouldn't have been a fair match in primetime. This is not a fair match for our country. And the election was rigged and it was stolen. And this is what we got. This is not a match that should even be allowed. This is take the New England Patriots playing your high school football team. That's what you have right now. Take the New England Patriots playing your high school football team. And that is basically Putin versus Biden. Sean Spicer is uh, he's a great guy. He's got a great book out, does a terrific job. Six o'clock every weeknight alongside Lindsey Keith on Newsmax. He's going to join us. He's a super guy. Then we'll play Beat Sid. Then we'll take your phone calls as well at 1-800-848-WABC. I do need a contestant for Beat Sid. Thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Your chance at a $100 gift card and of course a WABC Barry House coffee mug. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Spicer from Newsmax is next. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Then at noon, it's Charlie Kirk from 1 to 3 p.m. It's Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Oh, yeah. Come on, 10th Avenue freeze out. Oh, man, I miss um, I miss Bruce. I don't know. It's it's over, I guess. And Clarence, I certainly miss. Why is Kim, it over? What? Well, I don't know. He's he's like a hundred years old. You no, know? he's not. He makes the news now, and he gets arrested for drinking a tequila shot in a park in Jersey. It'll be over when his shows go. No, less you're than four right. Hours. Kim reminds me, Melissa Etheridge has always been a lesbian. Lou Diamond Phillips' wife left him and married her. That's what it was. Either way, Lou Diamond Phillips had a woman who decided she wanted women more than men. That's got to be embarrassing. No? Would you be more mad, Justin, if your girlfriend, your mail-order bride, Russian girlfriend, Lisa, left you for a man or a woman? Um, it's more embarrassing for a woman, I think. Yeah, well, there's then the implication completely that, changes. You, that you would have that right. you turned the... Right, as Michael Keaton said in the great movie Night Shift, you turned her lesbo. Right. Right. Which, uh, you know, I, that's a little harsh, but... Yeah. So uh, what's the answer? Uh, a woman. You think Sean Spicer and Lindsey Keith would ever discuss this on their 6 p.m. Newsmax show? This is what Americans really want to hear about. We're tied to January 6th. Let me ask him. Here he is. Uh, used to work for Donald Trump. Now he's a great TV guy, and I like him a lot personally, which says a lot because I don't really like a lot of people. Sean Spicer. Sean, good morning. Any chance that becomes a discussion tonight on the Spicer show? You know, unfortunately, we uh, filled out the show yesterday, so uh, we're going to pass. <laughs> Hard pass on that one. (laughs) But you're curious. Just admit that, Sean. You are curious. Yeah, it's unfortunate that this segment is so short that uh, we can't continue this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) We we need to get straight to this Biden press conference. Yeah, we do. I'd love to to discuss this. Of course you would. So you're funny. So you yelled at me last night um, in very respectful terms because I was texting you back and forth during your terrific show. Uh, to see if you would come on this morning. And at one point you go, Sid, I'm doing live TV. And I'm going, Sean, I'm watching the segment right now. You're talking about us buying masks from China and giving China money. So just so you know, uh, while you were right, you were doing live TV. I'm watching you all the time, buddy. I think you're great. 
Well, well, thank you. But first of all, like during one break, it was like, hey, I'd love to get you on tomorrow. And I'm like, sure, great. And then you were like, we're, we're negotiating the time. And, uh, and and I hadn't responded quick enough because, of course, I've got to check the, the morning calendar. And you were like, hey, I need an answer. And I'm like, Dude, like only, the, the breaks are only two minutes. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. And, and I was just. You know, I I don't I always remind people like I I there's you know times when people forget that I'm on TV from six to seven. You guys are on in the morning, and so you you forget what other people's schedules are. Right. Uh, but I was just like, hey, dude, you know, I'm sorry that I don't have it all buttoned up right now, but I, I got a two minute break. Well, and it was during dinner time in my house, so my wife Danielle and my kids, the show was on. I'm like, you believe this guy Spicer's not getting back to me? She's like, give him a minute. He's on TV right now, to your point. So that was a discussion in my household as well. But you are on this morning. I do want to congratulate you before we get to the, uh, the press conference on, uh, on your book, which is still doing very, very well. It is. Thank you. Radical Nation. And the funny part about it is I was watching the press conference yesterday. and You know, I, there's so much research into, to both Biden and Harris. And, and in the book, one of the things that's funny is he makes the case very prominently throughout the campaign that he wants to be the most progressive president ever. And he says it over and over again and then lays out an agenda how he's going to achieve it. And then he goes to this press conference yesterday and says, hey, I'm no Bernie Sanders. I'm a mainstream Democrat. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. Throughout the entire campaign, you talked about how that you were proud to be and take on the mantle of becoming the most progressive president ever. I guess when you get a 37% approval rating, you yeah. consider whether or not that was a <laughs> smart thing to do. Yeah, and he is uh, to the left of Bernie Sanders, despite what he tried to come off with yesterday. He also made this point, which I just put up with Bill O'Reilly about 30 minutes ago, talking about him and Harris, which again is in your book, Radical Nation, that he's going to run again. He's one year in. He's got three years to go. He's a complete mess. He forgets from week to week who the actual president is. God bless him. Actually felt badly for the guy at times. Kamala Harris is missing in action, the worst vice president ever. And yet he said yesterday they're going to do it again in 2024. You want to bet, Sean? Oh, I, I think that was the obligatory. But, you know, the funny thing is that the, the follow-up question is when he was asked by NBC's reporter um, how she was doing his answer was, "She's doing good." I know. <laughs> that 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 that. If you're on a, if you're grading, that's a C. I mean, that's yep. no one yep. says like, you know, how you doing? Good. Uh, <laughs> that's not great. Well, that that wasn't a vote of confidence. No, um, no. I mean, if she was sitting in her head, I, I also think that like if you watched her Today Show interview today, I think he was like, "Oh, that was good." Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, just. I mean, I think between the two of them. They probably have that thing where she walked. He walked back to the office yesterday and, and said, "You know, Kamala, how did I do?" And she went, "Good." Good. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, probably right. Yeah, it was very unenthusiastic, but it certainly beat what I was thinking, which is really crappy. But uh, how about when he when he flat out lied afterwards to Welker when uh, and Welker wasn't even uh, Peter Ducey, it was Welker of all people who actually said to him, "You know, do you feel badly now about?" talking about people who were against the Georgia voting bill, using them in the same sentence as Jefferson Davis and Wallace and all these folks. And he said, I never said that. I replayed the audio this morning in Georgia. He absolutely said that. Well, the problem is is that what happened is when he realized the backlash, then he was like, oh, I I didn't say that. And it's like we all heard it. We all know what he meant. Um, and, And frankly, the other thing that I've brought up is that he's done this to others, right? So when he disparages other people, he does it in the same tone. It's, he just now doesn't like that people are using his words and saying, wow, look at what you're saying. And, 
He said, well, that's not exactly what I said. It's like, well, but that's what you do to everybody else. You take their words, twist them, right. and then accuse them of saying things, and now you don't like it when it's being done to you. Yeah. And he went after that one reporter. He said, tell me where I said it. He got, I mean, it got a little tested. Wegman, yeah. It was literally yeah. past nap time. Yeah, it was past nap time. Look, forgetting about the people, we'll get to that in a moment, but even what he's trying to, to accomplish in D.C., the Build Back Broke deal, that's gone off the table. Thank God for Joe Manchin, Sinema, and the rest of them. Now this voting rights bill, which is a joke. I mean, the filibuster is the only thing that makes sure we have checks and balances uh, there in D.C. Again, thanks to Joe Manchin and others. That's off the table. So this guy strike it out, uh, Sean Spicer, every time. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, right now, and, and by the way, the clock is ticking. The one thing, and, and you brought up the book, I make this, I've made this point over and over again. Make no mistake about it. They understand that time is against them. In November, they're going to lose the House of Representatives. That's all. I mean, if Republicans can keep breathing, they're going to win. <laughs> right. And so they have until now, until November, to get anything and everything that they want done. Elizabeth Warren said this last night to a reporter um, that you know they need to get as much done between now and November. And, and I've been saying this since the, the shellacking that they got in Virginia. So – just mark my word, they're going to break up the pieces of this agenda mm. and try to jam it through. This is They understand once Republicans come in, it's game, set, match. So uh, don't, I, I think anyone on the right that's concerned about this agenda needs to understand that you need to be on guard between now and the election. Frankly, probably after the election because they'll use the lame duck session in Congress to get as much done. But they, they, they know that this is it. They do. Sean Spicer, weeknights, 6 p.m., Lindsey Keith alongside Newsmax. He's so good. So throughout the morning, and I start at 6 a.m., as you know, Sean, I played the stark contrast between Biden and how he talks about Putin and Russia. Yesterday, I thought very weak, not intimidating, and Trump. And I played Trump talking about how he would destroy North Korea, how he would find the Taliban's wives and children and kill all of them if, in fact, they did something on Uh Point being, the, the, the contrast between the two, night and day, I thought he was very weak with Putin yesterday. What did you think? Well, look, he said if it's a minor incursion... What does that mean? I have to think about it. What does that mean? What does that mean? And also, like, <laughs> I don't know how that translates into Russia. That, that's like that's like half pregnant. I mean, what does that mean? But exactly. But also, you're you're you you've got Secretary of State Blinken over there, sort of meeting with Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky right now. I, I think Zelensky was like, "Why are you here? You just blew this up while in my face." I mean, I I just if Putin and you got to remember that. Putin is looking all of this in the context of the Obama-Biden annexation of Crimea and saying, I took Crimea, you did nothing. And right now, what Biden said yesterday was, I mean, think about it. He said, if they go to exchange their dollars, we're going to make it very difficult yep. for them. You know, I mean, that's like saying, like, if we meet at the G8, then they're going to be last in line at the lunch buffet. <laughs> and, and that's serious because all the good stuff is gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. I don't understand how this was a serious threat to Russia, and I don't think Putin's taking it very seriously. Oh, he's laughing. He doesn't care. It's Sean Spicer. So, look, we love to do this in sports. You're a big sports man. In fact, I think you're a Patriots fan. Sorry about what happened last week, but that's okay. You've had a pretty good run. Um, Buffalo looks sure. pretty <laughs> Buffalo and the Chiefs will be a good game on Sunday night. But we often compare, right? He's a better quarterback. He's a better center fielder. He's a better shortstop. And the comparisons that are being made almost daily now are between Biden and Carter. 
for the worst president ever. Now, God willing, I'll be 55 in April, and those two guys are easily the two worst presidents in my lifetime, easily, Joe Biden and Jimmy Carter. But a year in, I've got Biden right now ahead of Carter in this race to the Kentucky Derby finish. What about you? Uh, I'm going to put my money with you. Yeah. I I don't – I mean, I think – I don't know. I, I just I don't see. I think that there's because I think you've got foreign policy, domestic policy, uh, the political stuff. I mean, there's nothing going well for Biden. And so I don't I think I, I got to think back. But I, I mean, I think Carter had Panama Canal. So, right. uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I you know, there's a couple things that I think Carter got. Um I, I just oh Carter also got listen he did broker that peace deal with uh, Sadat oh, in yeah, Egypt with, yeah, that was a big deal say, yeah, yep that was a big deal at the White yep. House yep. so uh, yeah I give uh, right now I think Carter's Carter's going to win this <laughs> so do you think uh, that your uh, former boss Donald Trump is a shoe in in 2024 you know O'Reilly tells us all the time that he can't really announce he's officially running because of the finance committee rules till January 1 of 2023 but he is going to run he's going to run uh, if O'Reilly's right and that's the case is Trump a shoe in in 2024 well i do think O'Reilly's right for those reasons i mean once he runs campaign finance rules a limit the donations that he can take uh, in his official campaign versus the pack that he's running the save america pack Two, it limits what he can say and do um, in a lot of ways. So, so yes, he's constrained in a lot of ways politically. Uh, two, I also think it's stupid. I mean, he's got the midterms. Why not focus on that? Uh, get some political credit for helping people. Um, but three, I'll tell you this: elections are strange things. I mean, I, so I, I would say if the election were held today, then yes. Yeah. Um, and if and, and I don't see things turning around much well. But I, I just, you know, it, we're, we're we're far enough away. But I would say right now that. You got to go through the iterations. Is Trump the front runner in the in the Republican primary? Absolutely. There's no one else right now that I can see possibly challenging him. Um, so so he gets through that hurdle really well. Um, in the general election, if it were to be Biden, and I'm not so certain that's the case, then yeah, hands down. If it's Harris, which I don't think it would be, he still wins that. I think if it's, I've always said it's going to be Pete Buttigieg. In 2024, and I'll be honest with you, I think Pete Buttigieg could give him a run for his money. Really, Pete Buttigieg? Well, if Pete Buttigieg can give him a run for his money, I got news for you, Sean Spicer. If these folks can convince Michelle Obama to run, she'd kick his ass. Yeah, I will say this: so Michelle Obama, um, one, has never expressed not only an interest in running but a disinterest in running. Two, is I think. One of America's fascinations through the years has always been in people who have never run, who, you know, whether it's it's Colin Powell, um, it, you know, there's always these people who we want to run, uh, Oprah. And, and as soon as they run, Trump I'm feeling that kicking the tires. Yeah, but Trump, Trump is, in, is uh, you know, and again, uh, I think there's a lot of questions about it, but I, I think it's a very he had been. He had been, you know, in a media world where he took some hits. True. And true. Um, true. And I just don't think a lot of these other folks are used to getting hit, right? So everybody loves Oprah. Everyone loved Colin Powell. Everyone loves Michelle Obama. And I, I, for the folks on the right, I know you're – I'm not – I'm just saying from a media fascination standpoint. True. I think it's different to take a punch in the face when some people come at you with opposition research and say, you know, hey, here's little Billy from seventh grade that says that you spilled stuff all over him and then laughed at him. Right. Um, they're not huh. used to that. And I think Trump was used to taking a hit. He played rough and tumble, and he knew what it was like to punch back. These other folks don't. 
No, you're right. That's a great point. 30 seconds. So you're telling me if Buttigieg had to run against Hillary for the win for the primary, that he would beat her today? Yes. Wow. Easily? Um, yeah. Wow. Hillary's not liked. No, so number one, she's not liked by her own two. Two, Buttigieg, I think, appeals to the left. He's young. He's articulate. He's a veteran. Yep. Um, he's got this sort of woke thing going. Um, he's where I think a lot of the folks in the left look at as the future because he articulates, um, he checks a lot of the boxes, which is what they're all about, and he professes the wokeness that they want to hear. He does, and being gay doesn't hurt. I, I got to tell you, I love your TV show. You're great when you come on with me and Bernie, when you come on solo with me, too. I really appreciate it, man. I know you're busy all day, but I, I really appreciate it. You're great. Who's on the big show with you and Lindsay tonight? Uh, we've got a lot going on. We're going to talk about the March for Life. And then the other thing we're going to do, the March for Life is coming up. Lindsay's got a whole special she's going to do uh, in advance of that and the Dobbs decision. So that's going to be great. But then the other thing is we're really going to start to talk about protecting your vote in advance of uh, what the Democrats are doing. And one of the things that's fascinating to me, you guys deal with this in New York with these 800,000 people that you're allowing to vote in your yeah. local elections. But I'm going to start to look at states that allow illegals to get licenses. And Nevada is one of the states to do that. We're going to talk to their former secretary of state and attorney general and find out what prevents them. If you give them a license, how do you stop them from then going and registering to vote and then maybe moving to another state registering to vote? So I'm just fascinated by Mm. this because I think that Democrats have a big, larger plan at stake. And we're just we're all getting duped in this. That does sound very, very fascinating. And like them to do something like that, we'll all be watching. Spice, great job, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I look forward to your text in the middle of my show tonight. <laughs> I'm going to text you right in the middle just on purpose because I love you that much. Thank you. <laughs> Six o'clock tonight and every weeknight, Sean Spicer, Lindsey Keith, check that out. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Alrighty then, it is time to not be burning today, but another edition, a uh, special edition of the Beat Sid Game, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Big thanks to Pete Morgan. Today for the game, we've got Paul out in Boston, Massachusetts. What other Boston uh, do you know of, for that matter? Paul, what's going on today, buddy? Not too much. Not too much. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I can hear that Boston in you. You born and raised there? A little bit. Uh, yeah, I was born up here. Um, actually, grew up down in Rye, New York, though. Oh, how about that? Okay, gotcha. I'm, yeah, I, uh, I grew up in place. I grew up in Chappaqua, New York. If you are familiar okay. with the area. Um, all right, you ready for the game today? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's get into it, buddy. Number one, which Real Housewives star received the highest paying salary among all the franchises? Oh, God. Um, considering I've never seen any of them, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've heard the name Teresa, so I'll go with that. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not very attuned to the Real Housewives culture either. But the correct answer is yep. Nene Leaks. Is that how you say it? Nene Leaks. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what what uh, what version she was on. But that that is the correct answer. Nene Leaks. All right. Over one. Yeah. Let's see if we can bounce back. Don't worry. I got three sports questions for you too. So. Uh, oh, all right. 
So if you're into sports, you'll get you'll get those ones hopefully. All right, number two, yep. what actor turned down a whopping 110 million dollar offer from NBC to film a tenth season of his popular sitcom? Uh, I'll go with Seinfeld. Very yes. good. Very good. All right, on to number three. One for two so far. What former NHL superstar known for his great mil- mullet, great mullet, excuse me, and a gambling problem holds the distinction of scoring the most points in a season as a New York Ranger? Uh, most points as a Ranger. And he had a gambling problem. Wow. More telling that he had a uh, uh, more rec- a very recognizable mullet in his early days in the league. Is he going to be Ron Duguay? Wrong, you two-legged ah. back of Anthrax. should be Jesus. Yarmir Yager. Oh, Yager. I never knew he had a gambling problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be, he did. He did. It's uh, more under wraps. More under wraps than his mullet. Let's let's, let's put it that yeah. way. All right, one for three so far. Let's go on to number four. What New York Giants quarterback and now announcer threw for the most yards in one game, five hundred and thirteen, than any other quarterback in New York history? Bill Sims. Very good. Very good, Paul. Two for four so far. Let's see if we can get the last one right. You ready to go? Yep. All right. What slick New York Knicks coach had the highest winning percentage of any coach in franchise history? Uh, so I'm going to go back to... Oh, I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank. Three seconds. I get, I'll go with Red Holtzman. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthrax should be Jesus. Pat Riley. Ah, uh, all right. That was a good guess, though. Not bad. I knew yeah. I, I knew you would uh, make a stamp on uh, on those sports questions. All right, two for five is not a bad score. But the way Sid's been going, you should be able to win easily. Like my high school grades. <laughs> that's, that's funny one, buddy. I'm going to throw you on hold for a hot sec, okay? All right. Thanks. All right, big guy. How you feeling? Let's go, dick face. Don't ask how I feel. You don't care. Let's go. That's true. I don't really care. All right, number one. Yeah. Which Real Housewives star received the highest paying salary among all the franchises? <laughs> You're unbelievable. Uh, oh, that's not that easy, actually. No, it's not. Orange County. It used to be Teresa in New Jersey, but uh, listen, she's terrible. That's boring. God, her and Louis, who cares? Uh, Stop Googling it. I'm not Googling anything. I'm trying to think. New York, it's got to be Luann or Ramona. They're both terrible. I like Luann, actually. Uh, Orange County, nobody good there. Left Beverly. I'm going to go with Teresa. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. Who is it? NeNe Leakes. Oh, you know, I keep forgetting about Atlanta. I guess that's still on. But she's off, isn't she? Her husband died. Isn't she off? Well, it's not a current question. It's not who's receiving. It's who received. Oh. In the history of the program. Oh, in the history? She was the highest paid, huh? Yeah. She's also the most effing annoying. Come on, let's go. All right. Number two. You have to watch that disaster Porsche show on Sunday nights. Oh, my God. I watch it again. What a disaster. And her ugly husband. He's so ugly, but he's worth about a billion dollars. I'll never come close to watching any of that stuff. But here here you go. Number two. You ready? What actor turned down a whopping $110 million offer from NBC to film a tenth season of his popular sitcom? He turned down $110 million? Do you know who it is? Wow. Is this recent? 
no, no, not no, not in the past decade. No. Is it the guy Raymond? Uh, uh, everybody loves Raymond. No, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, you're very lucky. Yeah, you're really very lucky. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, because I could have easily so nice. could have easily given you the wrong answer for that uh, one. Seinfeld, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Not, not, not. By the anything. way, you know how much money he makes in syndication? A lot. He doesn't even need the hundred ten million. No, are you kidding? He's on Netflix now. They're probably pumping his pockets That's full true. of cash. All right, you ready? Nope. Number three. By the way, you got to get uh, three right. You got two. I got one. I got one right and one wrong so far. I know. You got to get two more right. Ooh, okay, let's go. All right. What former NHL superstar known for his great mullet and a gambling problem holds the distinction of scoring the most points in a season as a New York Ranger? He had a gambling problem? Yeah, apparently. Oh, yeah, he does. He goes to Olympic City way too often. Yarmar Yager. He's a degenerate. Yeah, you know, I never play. I used to go to Lake Tahoe every year. I think the definition of degenerate is a little different over in the. Czech oh, he's Republic. a degenerate. Women gambling, but I, I, you know, I've actually played uh, craps and cards and blackjack with Brett Hull, Mario Lemieux, a few great NHL players, but never Yager. But he is a degenerate. Yes. What's mm. next? All right. I don't think you and Yager would get along. I think we get along great. You think so? Oh my God. Okay. All right. Number four. He's Czechoslovakian, not Russian. That's what I said. I know. What New York Giants quarterback and now announcer threw for the most yards in one game, 513, than any other quarterback in New York history? He's coming on tomorrow. Who is it? Phil Sims. You better remember his name. He's coming on tomorrow. He'll be on tomorrow at 925 to preview the NFL weekend. That's a huge guest. He's not going on with Boomer Esiason tomorrow. He's going on with Sid Rosenberg, just uh, so you know. Okay. I've already won today's game. What's the last question? What slick New York Knicks coach had the highest winning percentage of any coach in franchise history? Slick. Slick. Oh, you know, he actually wrote a chapter in my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly. He wrote a chapter. I know. You say it all the time. Well, we got very friendly down in Miami. He loves Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And he built the Miami Heat. That's my friend Pat Riley. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. You played good today. You did play good today. You I got a little sleep game. last night, and I, I didn't do uh, Ambien. So. That's okay. Who did I play? Paul in Boston. What's going on, Paulie? Kid, how are you? You you did very well today. I Thanks. must admit, I got I got trounced. Uh, it's okay. How are you? What's going on in Boston? I love that city. It's a good town. It's a good town. Nothing. Same. Uh, you know, no more Patriots. So we focus our attention on the Boston Bruins. Right. Yeah. But, no, uh, no. I, I do want you to know. I'm I'm, I'm praying for our friend. I've been listening you. to you guys forever. I used to listen to Imus back in the old '66 WNBC days. Yeah. So. I feel like I know you guys, but let me ask you a question. Whatever happened to Charles McCord? He seems to have just disappeared from Iowa. No, listen, Charles ran to the hills in Arkansas. I'm not sure where he lives now, but there was a battle over some money when um, when uh, Imus got the new deal at ABC and whatever else, and Charles had had enough anyway. He was starting to go sideways. Uh, by the time he left on, he didn't really like him very much. I hate to say that. He okay. loved him, and, and he was sad when he died, but... Um, McCord left Imus and never looked back. We'll leave it at that. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for playing today. Thank you. God bless you. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, folks, we're done. Psychedelic Furries on the way out. Excellent job, Justin Ellick. Excellent job. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.